My favorite like, part of her conversation with Katie Keene is that she says Katie Keene's full name twice. She always says Katie Keene. She always says her full name. And I'm like, if, if you guys called me Robin Jeffrey all the time, I'd be like, please stop. <laughs> no, I'm just going to call you Robin E. Jeffrey. Thanks. Because that's pretty much everywhere. Pretty much everywhere, including my own home. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding antiheroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is going to be um, like an anecdote from a party that you went to once, but I feel like that's going to take a little bit, so let's introduce everybody else first. Um, okay, we can. Okay. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I could be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlist on twitter at sam casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses yeah uh so why doesn't someone else go first (laughs) about their party i have not been to many parties i gotta say i've only been to one i went to a lot of parties in high school but like none in i only went to one in college so i guess this is closer to a college age party because they're all in their 20s um the only college party i went to was a valentine's day party for single people I made out with this guy in the hallway oh, and man. then saved his name as bad kisser, don't answer. <gasps> You're an icon. <laughs> That's a good anecdote. Yeah, yeah. I literally am so <laughs> impressed with you right now. <laughs> um, The only high school party that I went to, like, I was not someone who wanted to go to parties. Uh, oh, wait. Okay, so for the first party that I was going to go to, I got in a car accident and never got there. The mm. second party, mm-hmm. they, like, trashed the house. So I left. Oh boy. And that's why parties f***ing suck when you're an introvert. Yeah, parties aren't aren't the best. No. Gotta say. How about you, Robin? I I feel we were building to this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I also didn't go to a lot of parties. I would say that like the only parties that I went to as like in high school were like birthday parties. And then the only parties that I would go to that were like outside of birthday parties that people were like specifically invited to were like theater parties. So like, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it was pretty like exclusive and mean, um, but I got <laughs> to go to the the party um, for like all the people who played leads in Greece uh, in the musical that we did, um, but only the leads were invited. Oh my God. Um, so now looking back on it, I'm like, eh, I don't really like the fact that I, I did that, but I, I had a pretty good time. And then in college, I would only go to parties if it was a theater kid party, who was a theater program party, because I already knew all the people who were going to be there. And then the problem would be that, you know, in high school, nobody knows really where the theater parties are. But in college, since the parties are on campus, everyone's like, where's the party? Oh, it's over there. Let me show up. And then that's when I would leave because people that I didn't know were at the party. If that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess the, uh, the, Small anecdote, I don't want to go too far into this, but uh, I got, I had my first kiss at a college party. Um, and yeah, the only reason I went is because I was pretty sure I was going to get my first kiss at that party. I respect you. We love a Slytherin. Yeah. So basically we, we, uh, I was leaving the party cause my dad drives buses. And so he was going to come by and I was going to drive the bus or take the bus home with him. Cause his route came like by the college and then back to my house. Nice. That's actually basically. super. Wait, did your dad ever drive you home from school? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like if, if I was there really late, which I usually was because, um, the theater program was kind of known you know like obviously there's like the nursing program that has to do like a whole bunch of tests and it's really really difficult Mm -hmm. but the theater program at my college was kind of known as like the hardest 
program at the college because of how many hours we were at the college. So I was sometimes there for like 12 hours a day. Nice. That's so cool that your dad got to do that though. Yeah. And so like I had, I knew when the bus was coming and so uh, I could just uh, hop on the bus and he would usually be on that route. So I just had to like get on the bus and go home. But basically I was like, oh, gotta go at this party. <laughs> um, And he was like, I'll walk you to the bus stop. And I was like, okay. And then all my friends were like, all right, bye-bye. Because everyone knew what was going on. They knew what was <laughs> happening there. Yeah, so basically my first kiss was on was on a bus stop. Like, at a bus stop at the college. Okay, Roxy Andrews. This is like the... <laughs> stop <Yeah>. it! <laughs> but, like... It was like looking back on it, I don't really care for it just because like uh, I don't think it was his first kiss, but it was my first kiss and he had been drinking. And so like it just tasted like liquor. Wow. Um, and so I kept like pulling away because I was like, first of all, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm kind of freaking out. And second of all, it tastes bad. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's my anecdote about a party. I did not go to a lot of parties, but that party was really um, that party was important. It sure was. So Yeah. Well, all right. That's my story about a party. I respect it so much. In fact, I got more action at that party than a lot of people did at this party that we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay, like that's Oh my tea, God, though. this party? Look, the concept for this party is so scandalous. And then the, the results of this party- And then is nothing happened. So stupid. Like I thought yeah. that Fangs and Reggie had a grand old time. <laughs> right, right. You think, oh, well, is something going to happen there? And then later they're like, no. No, no they go they're through like, with it. Okay. Reggie literally has anal. And then he's like, oh no, that wasn't for me. <laughs> right he didn't say that they didn't do anything they just he just said he was straight yeah right exactly <laughs> okay anyway the people who haven't seen the episode might not know what we're talking about so let's get into the episode oh good but luckily we're like eight minutes in the podcast and i've already said anal so this is gonna be a great <laughs> yeah. podcast right oh by the way before we get in by you guys hey welcome back hey thank hey. you so much you guys are ants now thank you thank you for the, at the during the other podcast, I didn't know if I was allowed to say Lindsay's daughter's name yet, um, but she has announced it everywhere else. So yes, do you guys want to tell everybody what her name is? Her name is Lola, and she is five days old and incredibly adorable. She's absolutely perfect. Except, um, oh, one of the first things that she did was um, she peed on Sam, so that was great. Her very first oh, pee. Okay. Her first pee was on Sam, wow. so she's already a good kid. You yeah. know, ten out of ten. Hey, you know what, Sam? You can say that. You can always think about that. You can remember that forever. Exactly. Just hold right. it right over it her my, head. It was my inaugural, yeah. uh, like, aunt thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's um friggin' cute. Is there anything that you guys want to add about um last week's episode that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, yeah. I just want to say last week's episode was an absolute banger. And I was so really true. upset that I wasn't there for it. So, um, um, but hopefully maybe if you can remember some of the thoughts that you had about it while we're talking about this episode, then uh, it'll kind of be like you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really sad to miss out on that because that was one of the best episodes like this show had done in a while. Yeah. yeah. Last week was super fun. I really loved the alien stuff and I loved what the, what we carried over into this episode as well. But uh, yeah, last week was great. Uh, I don't really remember it because so much has happened since then. Oh my God, my right. brain's fried. My Lindsay, brain is fried. Lindsay went into labor while we were watching last week's episode. Um, yeah. Oh if that yeah. paints a picture for how it sticks in my mind. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. 
Today we have words to say about episode 508 of Riverdale, Lock and Key. So as far as I can tell, Lock and Key is a reference to Lock and Key, which is a comic book series, except the the lock has an E at the mm-hmm. end, um, like the philosopher slash character from Lost. And it was a comic book series written by Joe Hill and illustrated by Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, there's a whole thing about what it's about and everything. I talked about that um, at the end of last podcast. Um, but basically it's like, you know, they all pack up and go to this big house. And so I think that that's possibly what the um, reference is that they're going to this big house um, and also it's a key party so it makes sense that the right. word key would be in the title. Nice. So yeah. We do have a couple of thoughts from listeners. Our listeners have thoughts. I know, right? Thoughts in this economy. So our friend uh, Joanna who is at Very Decima, we had mentioned on last week's podcast that we don't remember Cheryl ever having any artistic prowess before this <laughs> and um, Veronica's like, how's your uh, art skills? And she's like, as good as ever. And we were like, huh? Um, but Joanna <laughs> pointed out that in like 207, she had like drawn that picture of Josie and we had seen her like oh right oh that's right do some really really good art skills but it's it's never been painting it's always been drawing so um thank you to Joanna for keeping us honest uh about that one the fact that Joanna can keep track of this show's insane continuity Mm -hmm. like your mind She's so wise. And we also got a message from Sawyer. Uh, Well, I got a DM from Sawyer at soybean underscore 13. Um, And they said, I'm a longtime listener, but first time commenter. First of all, thank you for listening. Um, But I just wanted to say one thing about last week's episode. The dance off with Cheryl is a nod to when Tony first joined the Vixens. Yeah. Because didn't didn't Tony, um, Tony had to do like a whole dance thing too when she was trying out. Yeah. Cool. So um, thank you both for your thoughts. Um, if you guys want to send in thoughts from listeners, um, our email is fictionautosspodcast.gmail.com or feel free to tweet us or DM us just like those two did um, about this episode, especially if you liked it because we're not going to be super nice to it. <laughs> uh, and speaking of, let's do Tudor Boot. I mean, from what I've seen online, no one liked it. So yeah. <laughs> we just all had a bad time. I just like have standards, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So Riverdale raised my standards in the last eight episodes or mm-hmm. in seven episodes. And I, I, I just won't stand for this anymore, you know? Good. Yeah, in my opinion, this is the worst one of the season and also, like, the worst one of the time jump so far. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of, let's do Tudor Boot. Which one of you is going to be... Uh, yeah, who who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a boot from me. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I didn't have fun, and there were only, like, two or three scenes that I actually really enjoyed, and it was mostly jump scares. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because we like horror movies. Yeah, like I enjoyed the alien stuff with Jughead, and I enjoyed the Polly stuff. But I had a bad time for Barchi, and I had a bad time watching Veronica devolve into just relationships again. Mm-hmm. And, and Shoni and Shoni was bad, and everything Cheryl does seems so forced. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense with what I think of as her character in my head. So I just feels weird and bad and wrong also kevin dude yeah uh, not good bro uh, yeah there's just so many things that were bad yeah okay Brittany, what about you uh, i'm gonna give it a good old scoot uh get the hell out of here <laughs> yeah so if you guys don't remember from best to worst our thing is shoot toot newt boot scoot so this is the worst of the worst for Brittany. yeah it just like it was entirely reductive like nothing happened if the characters went backwards in terms of development, and it's like, if you're bringing your characters backwards, you've done a bad job. Thanks so much. Long story right. short, it was a bad time. Uh, tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also definitely going to give it a boot. I, I thought about giving it a newt, but then I rewatched it today, and I decided that to give it a boot. Yeah, like, um, I just, like, 
didn't like it. Like one of the reasons why I've given things boots in the past is like, even if it's a good episode, it made me feel gross and bad. And so I would give it a boot, mm-hmm. even if it was a good episode. Um, And yeah. this one was a bad episode and it didn't make me feel good. So I'm definitely giving it a boot. I just like felt sad and disappointed for most of the episode, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Uh, This episode had to be done chronologically. Um, Classic. Bing, bang, bong. Don't. <laughs> I think part part of the reason why we liked last week's episode is because it had those like really um clear lines between the storylines. Um, and I found that I just straight up like those more. Yeah, <laughs> those episodes more. So I hope I that they do more of those. I have no idea where this show is going because there's only two episodes left until like a three month hiatus. So <laughs> I'm like, I assume we're gonna get some answers with like the trash bag killer stuff or the poly stuff. I guess. Um, is my guess of like what is going to be like the big cliffhanger at the end of of yeah. like before the hiatus. I mean, maybe. I I hope it's poly related. I think yeah, but it might also bring the poly and uh, Jughead stuff into the same plot line. Sure. Um, oh, because Paul so was abducted by aliens. Right. Because Alice kind of did that this episode. Yeah, I have thoughts on what Alice said about where she was being held. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So let's start with part one. Um, who did part one? I did. Cool. Okay. So, part one. I just want to say for the record, um, I hated it. Thanks. Okay. Jughead starts by saying, the more things change, the more they stay exactly the same. And boy, if that doesn't describe this garbage episode to a T. So anyway, Kevin blows Rick the trucker and then brings groceries home to Tony and Fangs. This sucks. Archie shows off his fire outfit to Betty because she's into that, I guess. Jughead and Tabitha talk to a paranormal expert about the mummified Mothman and Jughead reveals he saw the mummy when he was abducted, which is fun and fresh and actually interesting, to be honest. Anyway, she says he's just repressing trauma and that he didn't see what he saw and he needs a support group, but he likes his repressed trauma. Thank you very much. Keller finds a body in the swamp, but he's pretty sure it's not Polly. Banks and Kevin compliment each other's extremely good bodies. Banks says he wants to be monogamous, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't what Kevin was about to say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the body isn't Polly, which we already established, so I don't know why we needed that first scene in the first place, but anyway... Alice still thinks she's out there. Ronnie goes Chadwick and decides to start her demolition ASAP, so she enlists Archie at school. All right. Anyway, everyone gathers and begs that Kevin drop the bombs that they're engaged and that Tony is having their baby. They're going to raise it together, and I think this is genuinely cute. Cheryl is not impressed, and Tony explains that she is literally too toxic to tell things to. Also, she had a medical condition that made having a baby a pressing issue before she couldn't at all. Cheryl is, like, mad jealous, but it's not even delicious because it's so gross of her. Betty tells Kevin she's sleeping with Archie, which is a big relief to him because he was worried about Bughead becoming canon again, and he speaks for me. (laughs) Jughead has a massive jump scare moment when he sees the Mothman, which at first I thought was scary until I paused, and wow, that is just a guy in a tight-fitting suit, huh? (laughs) Anyway, he's down for that group now. Cheryl and What's-Her-Face, I already forgot her name, discuss how Cheryl thinks Tony lured her out just to shove her life in her face. She needs therapy. (laughs) Katie Keene calls Ronnie and says, she's been seeing Chad with other girls. She decides to get back at him by taking a selfie with Archie and Eric. Okay. Cheryl summons everyone to the White Worm for drinks. Archie and Eric gossip over Barchi versus Barchi. I hate both. Cheryl gaslights Tony into being her friend and then announces she's throwing a key party. Thanks. I hate all of this. I'm done now. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So basically, um, Kevin is hooking up with Rick um, and yeah. we recognize Rick. <laughs> that um, was upsetting, my friend. Yeah, we were we were watching today and I was like, he was in the hundred. I know it. I know he was. And then I texted Robin and she was like, ooh, was he? And then she was like, before I check, I'm going to say it's Riley. And then she checked and he was Riley. That was insane. And it was Riley. Oh. That was li- How did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> like I literally, I looked at his face and I was like, Hmm. And I just remembered because, like, guys, my thing is just remembering details. and uh, Exactly. That no one else remembered. Riley was one of those characters on The 100 who straight up showed up 
had gave us questions and then left and just like never was important at all and i was like you know what if they gave us the guy the guy who plays glenn they're definitely going to give us another guy that gives us ptsd about uh about the hundred i guarantee yeah for sure i simply think i never want to think about the hundred ever again <laughs> yeah so basically riley like showed up in season four four because he wasn't with was he with farm station because it was post uh oh right he was in was with like they're the trying ice to nation. find a radiation bunker blah 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 yeah yeah, yeah. okay right, right right you're right you're right because yeah so he basically he wait i thought it was three when they found ice nation uh, well he was captured by ice nation and they didn't find him until season four. Oh. okay well we gotta find our good friend riley guys anyway people who are listening to this who haven't seen the hundred are like i don't care so basically riley showed up and then like there was all these mysteries about how like riley knew everybody because everybody kept being like oh my god is that riley and we were like oh my god tell us how riley knows everybody and then they just um didn't so what did he do did he die or something i don't remember Oh, we don't know. Uh, he probably didn't make oh. it into the bunker. It's unclear. They never answered it. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically he was like this random kid who showed up, gave us a bunch of questions, didn't answer them and then like never showed up again and he's like this kind of like running joke in the fandom that like um he like to to say that Riley is your favorite character is like a big joke basically. So I was like, you know who this has to be? Riley. And it was. I can't I can't believe you nailed that. I know. I was like I think it's Riley, but if I don't, if it's not Riley, if I tell you guys that I think it's Riley and it's not Riley, no harm, no foul. But I need to get this, this thought out of my head just in case it is Riley. And it was, and I think I'm a God actually. Like, I think I live on an ethereal plane. Um, and that's what's up. I think. I I think that makes perfect sense. If I could guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin's hooking up with Riley (laughs) and they named him Rick. I'm like, you guys, you've chosen Rick and Glenn. I'm like, can you pick any sexier name? No, they literally can't. Like, I don't, I guess his name is Kevin. <laughs> I mean, this is a show with names like Archie and Jughead. Yeah, that's true. Reggie's name is Reginald. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. So they're like, oh my God, what a good time we just had. But they're both like completely clothed. So I, like, we didn't even have a moment of him like uh, zipping up his fly or anything. So I was like, I don't really know exactly what happened. But yeah, it was right. just like subtitled gasping noises. But then Kevin pops a mint. So you're like, all right. You're like, all right. <laughs> all right. I know what happened. Cheeky blowy behind a truck. So Kevin is, I guess, still cruising. Uh, he introduces himself as Rick, but Kevin won't say his name. And when Kevin gets back, he was says he was at the store. So there is a grocery store. Last episode, I literally was like, is there a grocery store that you can spend your River Dollars at? And it turns out there is a river is a grocery store. It's the bag said Riverdale Food Co-op. We have never heard of this before. <laughs> uh, no, we sure haven't. Must be new it's in, the, in the seven years. But uh, I, I'm like, there has to be a grocery store somewhere around here. Um, but he says he had to go to multiple places, um, basically to make it make sense why he was gone for so long. And he basically names like three different kinds of milk that he got. And I was like, oh, why did he do that? And I was like, it's because Kevin is obsessed with milk. Do you remember that like running bit where Kevin always is always drinking milk? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And then one time Chick was drinking milk and I was like, is there a bit that gays like milk? And all three of them are gay. So we had to get three kinds of milk. Well, there is a bit that in general, um gays prefer non-dairy yeah. milk mm-hmm. so that's probably part of it yeah that do be checking out gotcha so probably what happened was the almond milk and the oat milk are for tony and fangs and kevin gets the regular milk because um he has been known to like milk tea um i also like milk so we're good it's true you do. <laughs> so he also got two kinds of fruity cereals and the one that we see him holding is called fruity munch and i think that's the cereal that fangs is eating later in part nice. three that sounds good to me 
But Tony says that it's her cravings, um, and they talk about how they are nervous about the big announcement, and the big announcement is that uh, Tony's baby is their surrogate. And we knew this. We called it. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah, very proud right. of us. Yeah. Like, since, like, 503, I think Macy's the one who brought yeah, that up, and we were like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, I think Macy mentioned it, and I was like, that's the best idea I've ever heard. Yeah, and uh, last episode on the pod, I was saying, like, at this point, I don't know if it makes sense for it to be anything else. Right, exactly. So I'm really glad that it is, yeah. Um, So Archie is dressed up as a sexy firefighter for Betty, and they hook up in Betty's room, and that's that scene. That's Yeah, that's really all there is to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not a lot of depth, yeah. but uh, once again, yeah. congratulations, KJ, on whatever you got going on there. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll take my crumbs, since you guys are doing weird stuff. Also, yeah. when we were watching, I was like, they're going to have a fire to put out if they don't put out some of those candles. Yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, always about the fire safety up in here. I'm just like, don't nobody need that many candles. And mm-hmm. I say that as a person who regularly buys candles. Yeah. You have too many candles. <laughs> and I wouldn't light that many at one time. Right. It's going to smell weird. Because then the smells would just like, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So Dr. Whitley shows up. And um, this is another thing that I called um, last episode. I was like, I wonder if she's like, they did call her. So I wonder if they're going to, sh- if she's going to show up. Um, and she did. Uh, so she comes by, but they don't have the specimen for her to look at. Um, I'm not really sure why they would have her still come. And they wouldn't like call her and be like, hey, sorry, we don't have it anymore. Right. I mean, you'd think. Um, and then, like, save her some time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he tells her about his experience, and she's like, I'm an anthropologist with an interest in aliens, but this might be, like, a psychology issue that you might be repressing. Um, and he just doesn't want to talk about it. So, uh, and, and I got to say, by the end of the ep, we still don't really know. Um, he doesn't really explain it in going into very much detail, um, but Tabitha calls it, like, trauma and traumatizing, but I'm not really, like... I just think that this is something that we need more information on. I agree. He, uh, well, Tabitha's like, okay, well, when they're not repressing something, are they telling the truth? And Dr. Whitley's like, yes. And Jughead's kind of an ass about it. And I'm like, can you be polite at least? Like, just be <laughs> polite to people. When he's like, I like my trauma, I'm like, okay, Edgelord. All right, guy. <laughs> like, was it funny? Yes. I think yeah. that's part of why this episode is so bad because it's so old Riverdale. Yeah. And not new Riverdale, which I was yeah. really enjoying new Riverdale. I loved new Riverdale. It was so fun. Everyone acted like adults sometimes. And like, it's I know. not even the best of old Riverdale, which is like Midnight Club. It's the worst of old Riverdale, which is just stupid relationship drama that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Which is like Grundy stuff. Yeah. It, I was just like so upset that like, it feels like this whole episode was just to like shake up the couples that we had. And I'm like, the couples were already shaken up. You shook, you shook them up. What is this, 508? You shook them up four episodes ago. Exactly. And we barely had any time with them. We had, we had, oh my God, we had Varchi for like seasons. And you wanted to, and, and we had Varchi for like four episodes and you're like, ah, it's too long. Come on. If I ever have to see Varchi again, I will vomit. Here's I'm, the thing. If you're watching this and you like Varchi, that's totally fine. I'm just so sick of Varchi. Well, they're, they're boring and they have it's that neither of them like seem to actually like the other they're always just like using Mm -hmm. the other for one thing or another and it's not even like necessarily intentional every time but this time it seems intentional and i don't like it yeah i have to eat my words because uh last episode i literally was like 
you know what? She gives him this fire truck and it's really nice. And it honestly just feels like they have like nice friend vibes. And I really like mm-hmm. that for them. And me and Casey and Dave all agreed. We were like, yeah, it's great that Varchi can just be friends. Yep. I had the same thought while we were watching. Yes. And now Archie's like, I still have feelings for Veronica. And I'm like, well, then why didn't I see that? Because for some reason I had thought that, that you guys were just being like good friends. And I think that that's awesome that you can still be friends with your with your ex. I want to see that. Once um, again, yeah. the theory that these writers don't watch the show before they actually write the episode uh rings true yeah um so that was disappointing uh it really like if you're trying to shake up the couples why are you trying to put some back i just don't i just don't get it so in the next scene juniper and dagwood are making macaroni art to give to polly so they're making like a portrait of polly and a heart and like a fish um and alice calls them by their full names so i was like maybe they called like junie and like i don't know what dagwood's uh nickname would be woody or something i don't know um but she straight up calls them <laughs> uh definitely not woody well what else would it be daggy come on dag dag i'd rather yeah. be called woody <laughs> all right fair enough but she straight up calls them juniper and dagwood so i'm like yikes um how much do those kids just look like tiny archie right i know yeah I'm like, I know they're supposed to look like Jason Blossom, but they don't. They look like Archie. Red hair is a plague in this town. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) So Keller calls Betty and says that they found another body. Um, It's been there for a while, so it's not Polly. And yeah, like, that's that scene. (laughs) What was the Um, point of, this scene was so repetitive, because it was like, Betty could have just got a phone call, end of scene. But instead, they were like, well, he doesn't think it's Polly. And then later, it wasn't Polly. I was like, okay. It was just so that I could see Dr. Curdle Jr. later. That checks out. That's our, That's also part of why I loved last week's episode, too. They gave me so much. That's, like, the most Dr. Girdle Jr. I've ever seen in a Riverdale episode. Thank you. You know what? That, that was a gift you. for you, I think. It really was. It was, like, not only did they give me that hiatus so I didn't have to do anything on my birthday, and then later, the next week, they were, like, here's all the Dr. Girdle Jr. you could ever ask for. Honestly, this show, it gave you too much. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then it had, now this episode, they had to take it back. Yep. They were like, we had to wind you up so we could give yeah. you this trash episode. So Kevin and Fangs are in the sauna, um, standing. Sit down. You're in a sauna. <laughs> oh, Relax. Hey, dude, your lats look good. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I don't think that's how gay men talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It might be, but. So they both say that they've been in an open relationship since college because he was on the road. And it seems like Fangs assumes that Kevin isn't doing that anymore because Fangs isn't doing that anymore. Right. So it's like, I guess I just never talked about it. But he's like, yeah, but we were only open because I was on the road. Like, you're not still doing that anymore, right? Because I'm not on the road. Right. The thing that, like, kills me is this is such a cliche, like, thing to do for queer couples. Yeah. Especially, like, in writing, not in reality. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, oh, we have an open relationship, so, like, I don't know why, but it's always, like, open relationships with, like, especially with, like, gay men, and I don't get it. Like, sure, that does happen from time to time in reality. I'm sure there are people that do that. But, like, it's every couple in media. Exactly. When it's every couple in television, like, it happens over and over, and I'm just like, okay, we get it. You think that we're all cheaters, I hate it here. It, Stop. Li- it literally plays. Yeah. I don't know why. Ras is gay. Stop. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know the tea. Like, Ras is gay, and yet none of the gay men in this show feel like gay men. Make that make sense. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that this moment made me feel a little bit better just because, like, I thought that Kevin was just straight up. 
Oh, yeah. Cheating on Fangs? No, I agree. So, like, hearing this, yeah, like, hearing this made me feel a little bit better, but, like, not great because Fangs still thought that they were on a completely different page than Kevin thinks they are on. Exactly. So, Fangs is like, oh, yeah, I was thinking we should also, I was also thinking we should be monogamous and, like, this really feels like a fresh start for us. I'm like, I love this, like, new version of Fangs who's, like, completely evolved from the person that he was in high school and, like, that seems so true for me because I think everybody has gone through um, some significant character development except for Cheryl, weirdly enough. Poor Cheryl. But like, it really feels like, like, especially Tony and Fangs. And I love that it feels like they grew up together, you know? Oh, yes. I agree. This like triad of like shipping would have been so cool if like they'd actually not done the cheating thing and not like, like, I just think the idea of two gay men and their surrogate raising a baby together is so so cool and so So progressive. Mm -hmm. And it's just so nice. And then they just had to ruin it. Yeah, exactly. And it makes me angry. Like, it genuinely makes me angry. Like, Fangs talks to him. Like, they're, like, really, like, open and communicating and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Kevin, why are you sabotaging this? Like, it's, like, he says later, it's been almost eight years. And so why, like, I just don't understand why, why now you're trying to do this? You know, like, I think Fangs asks him that later. But, like, he's like, oh, I don't know, like, because of the baby and because of the, like, marriage thing. And I'm like, you've had, like, eight months right. to think like, about the baby. Like, are you, like, what's wrong now? You've had eight years to be in this relationship and you've had at least eight months to think about like getting it together like you guys it's not easy to just like unless tony just like slept with fangs in order to like have this baby right i was thinking about that as well i was like i was thinking that as well i I mean it's not i was like it's not my business but also these are fictional characters so i can make it my business (laughs) exactly so like in reality i would not ask anyone in this question but like in this tv show if Unless that's how they got the baby, it's not easy to just, like, mm-hmm. have a baby without um, having sex. Yeah. So, like, you have to go through a long, like, dedicated process to, like, have this child. So, usually, gay people who are having children really, really want the child. You work for it. so expensive. much harder to have a baby. Unless they did like, the turkey baster thing. <laughs> no, that's possible. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's just, like... Why why is he being like all of a sudden like oh no I don't know if I want to do this. I, yeah, it's weird. I want to keep having sex with truckers at the truck stop. Shut up. What a life. Grow up. What a yeah. life to choose. <sighs> Sheriff Keller, come talk to your son. I miss I miss the Keller to Keller talk. Oh, same. same. Um, so Dr. Curdle Jr. is talking to Keller in Dr. Curdle Jr.'s, like, new coroner outfit, which is, I guess, what he looks like when he's uh, on the job, like, on location. <laughs> nice. Betty calls Alice. It's not Polly because it's been over a year old. Um, and Alice kind of has faith that she's still alive, but Betty doesn't. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about Joyce Byers later. Yes. I think. But uh, I like the fact that, like, on Stranger Things, Joyce was so certain that Will was alive. And there was a lot of, like, phone um, stuff as well. Like it really feels like they're kind of channeling Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. But Joyce was right. Will was alive, and Alice is right. Polly is alive. You know. Yep. And Alice even gets more. She gets Polly actually talking, whereas um, Joyce only got Will's breathing. Um, but I like that they're both right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Moms. We love determined moms. Mm-hmm. So Veronica's looking at jewelry online, and you know, I paused. I looked a lot at what her um, computer screen looked like. It looks like the. Uh, website that she's looking at she has an account on the website because it says hi veronica or like welcome back veronica um and the page that she's looking at is her recent orders so she's getting inventory she's already purchased it and it's on its way she gets a good morning text from chad and she's basically like ugh, not now with your nice text chad ew (laughs) but also on her desktop are invoices 
a Riverdale jewelry folder, inspiration folder, Pembroke Renault folder, supplies folder, photos folder, and fabric swatches folder. Um, And I'm like, all of this doesn't need to be on your desktop. You should put this in its own folder. That sounds like my computer. Put your folders in another folder. Yeah, but it it doesn't say what time it is anywhere. I'm like, usually (laughs) it does, doesn't it? Yeah, like on a regular. Well, I think there's a setting you can turn off. Right, but why would you do that? But still, why would you do that? Because her phone did that too. Her phone also didn't have what time it was on it. Veronica, why don't you want to know what time it is? (laughs) Veronica simply doesn't want to know what time it is. Ross is like, excuse me, I don't know what year it is, so you don't get to know what time it is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I assume it's morning because Chad said good morning, but still. Oh my god, Robin. We were, so we watched some of this episode with my sister. Yeah. And at some point, so she hasn't watched Riverdale since like season two. Yeah. And so we were trying to explain like, hey, here's what happened here. Here's what happened here. And she was just like, what the hell is going on with this show? (laughs) That's correct. Yeah. All of it was just sort of trying to explain it to her made me feel like an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, this show is nonsensical. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So Veronica's like, I'm upset about my husband, so I want to start remodeling immediately. And Smithers is like, okay, well, I can help you find someone to do it, but Archie's already going to because Chad basically forced him into it earlier. Yep. And Veronica's like, okay, Chad, did you want Archie to have to do work for us? Because now I have to spend a bunch of time with him. Is that what you wanted? Congratulations. Is that what you wanted? Congratulations. <laughs> Look what you did. So Veronica tells Archie that she wants it completely new. And Archie's like, yikes, that sure is a lot of work that I'm apparently doing for free. <laughs> How many jobs does Archie have now? This is like at least three, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this okay. is all of his free time. Um, and he's like, okay, well, I'll have Eric help. Um, and I'm like, what about the dudes from Andrew's construction that you said were going to help? Like, are you, can you do all this with two dudes? She's like, I want it done ASAP. And he's like, all right, I'm going to bring in one other person. Just one though. <laughs> I think he just wants to spend more one-on-one time with Eric, if I were to guess. You know what? That checks so, out. Um, which says, yeah, get it done ASAP. I want big changes in my life. And Archie's like, how big? And I'm wondering, like, it didn't really seem like he meant how big, like, are you going to divorce your husband? But she kind of took it as, are you going to, are you going to divorce your husband? And there's kind of like a little moment there. Mm-hmm. Which like, fine. And you know what? This is lame because she was married for five episodes. That's it. She was only married yeah. for five episodes and now she's getting a divorce. Boo. Come on, make it new. Yeah. They, um, these writers have an inability to commit to anything that is like slightly different for uh, long spaces of time. Yeah. It's so annoying though, because I like, I've, it's so fun. It's a new show right now. And it's like mm-hmm. a new show with the same character. They're clowning us the same way the 100 clown does. Like, Ugh, yeah. fine. They're like, we're going to do something new and fresh, but then we're going to make it all not make sense when we get to the middle. Yeah. A yeah. slash go back to what we were doing before. Yeah. yeah. We've been clowned, guys. Um, So Bughead, if Bughead comes in to see the plans as well. And then Jughead's just like weird. Like Jughead's like talking to them. And then Betty comes in and talks to them. And Jughead's like, hi. And Betty's like, hi. <laughs> thought it was so funny hey robin guess what my favorite line award is then what the part where he it's that the way they that, weirdly say i know each other that I is good it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> like he's just this dude eating like yogurt with this horrible mustache just staring at this pretty girl and he goes hi what the hell <laughs> i know i love the way that lily does that line though because then she just looks at him and she's like hi hi may i help you <laughs> what's up alien boy <laughs> <laughs> like Jughead hasn't told anybody but Tabitha about his weird alien stuff. It's so funny. Um, so Cheryl's also here because Kevin and Fangs want to talk to them. Um, they say that they're engaged and Tony is having their baby and they're all going to co-parent and it's great. 
Um, and so I was like, okay, well, did they do IVF or did Tony sleep with fangs or something? Um, like I said, this is totally their business, but seeing as they're fictional characters, I'm going to do whatever I want. You you can and you should. 100%. Yeah. A little bit later, she said that Fangs is like family to her. I looked to see if she said she's like he's like a brother to me because then I was like, okay, maybe not. But she says he's like family to me and that they like grew up, not grew up together, but like- We came up in the serpent. Since high school have been like really close. Um, yeah. So I have no idea exactly how they did this, but- uh, either way, it's happening. I'm just wondering about the genes of this baby is basically what I'm wondering. I'm honestly kind of excited by it because I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. And they could have gone so many routes, like, with the Tony baby storyline that would have yeah. sucked. Mm-hmm. So this one is, like, best case scenario. Yeah, totally. Yeah, too bad they mess it up. Like, that's what that's what I'm so mad about is that I'm like, ugh. Like, this was going to be so cool. Why did you do this? Yeah. So then Cheryl's really, really mad about it. But I don't really, like, understand why. I think later she tries to explain it. But I'm like, isn't this better than her being with some random dude? Like, either way, like, she she's pregnant by somebody, you know? And so, like. Exactly. Yep. What, would you rather this just be some guy? Maybe because she doesn't have any, like, emotional attachment to him or something. I don't know. But she's really pissed. <laughs> well, like, Cheryl's whole thing is that she wants to erase everyone else in Tony's life. Yeah. So that she gets Tony to herself. Which is just so and shitty. Yeah. so toxic. Yeah, it's really upsetting. I think, you know, I saw this for them like last season you know we saw the toxic the toxicity of their relationship and it didn't really feel like the show did so it's like I hate that they're that they're leaning so far into it now it's like okay well I'm glad that you at least saw what you did before but I don't like that you're continuing it like fix it then if you know what you did yeah exactly like it really bums me out because like when Cheryl's like oh like you're parading your happy family around and I'm stuck in Thornhill and I was like what Right. Yeah. No, no one's doing this to you but yourself. Like, I don't yeah. understand any of Cheryl's motivations anymore because, like, mm-hmm. they haven't given me a reason to understand them. They've, it, they've written her into a corner. They have written Cheryl into a corner. It's so weird and I don't like it because it's it doesn't make sense with anything that, like, led up at the end of season four or, like, that storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Cheryl comes into Tony's office later and Tony wants to talk to Cheryl about her stepping back from the Vixens because she's going to have a baby and she kind of can't do it right now. And Cheryl's like, I can't believe you didn't tell me. And I'm like, you're the one who said you wouldn't ask. In like 504, you were like, I'm not going to be gauche and ask. So why do you expect her to tell you if you didn't ask or specifically said that you didn't want to know? I don't see why it's that big... Like, this is the best case scenario for Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's not in a relationship with somebody. She's having a baby for other people. Yeah. Isn't this what you wanted? Like, and, and Tony says, listen, I wanted to tell you, but I don't even know if we're friends, really. And that's totally fair. Oh, I just, like, I, I totally get Tony. I totally understand everything that Tony is doing. And it just sucks that it has to be at the expense of understanding what the heck Cheryl's doing. Because I have no idea what Cheryl's up to. Exactly. So Tony says that she, it was her idea because she has a condition that makes it hard for her to conceive as she ages. Um, and, you know, Cheryl completely flips and is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. But then later she's, like, still pissed and, like, leaves. And... She said Kevin and Fangs were talking about adoption first. And that makes sense because later Fangs says that all of their like big steps originated with Kevin. So it makes sense that they were talking about adoption first and then she volunteered to be their surrogate. Yeah. Um, and Cheryl's basically like, great. So you've got a happy family and I'm alone. And I'm like, it's not about you. It, that like, that's the thing that really makes me angry about Cheryl is like even later when she was like, Tony's been parading her happy life in front of me. And I was like, no. She's trying to invite you into it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, Cheryl is literally doing all of this to herself. And it's 
really annoying to watch. Like, I don't want to watch her do that. No, it's awful. Yeah, and it's and, and it's also like she's thinking that like to- like if I'm Tony, I'm thinking, okay, well that relationship is over, so I need to move on and just try and do my happiness. And for some reason, Cheryl thinks that Tony moving on from her is like a personal affront. Yep. Yep. So Tony basically straight up puts it out there that they can still be together, and Cheryl says no. And then like later, Cheryl's like, look, Tony, we can still be together. And I'm like. She has given you so many ins. At like every episode she says, mm-hmm. hey, Cheryl, just so you know, we can still be together and we can still make this work. And you say no. So what makes you change your mind now when literally nothing has changed from time to time? Like, ugh, it just doesn't make sense. Because it's on Cheryl's terms. Cheryl I is going to that. trap like Tony at Thornhill and Tony must live her life the way Cheryl sees it. And mm-hmm. Tony can't have her own life. Cheryl is like Tony's whole world. And it's so, it's so messed up. So Kevin and Betty are talking and Kevin basically says that he expected the first baby to be a Varchie or a Bughead baby. Um, Kevin, you're spiraling, bro. He's like, wow, I can't believe it's me. (laughs) Ha ha ha. What? I'm first. (laughs) Whoops. I'm like, Kevin, dude, you've known about the baby for months. Like, why are you doing this now? I don't get it. He shouldn't have committed to it. For sure. So Betty tells Kevin about Varchie. Like, I wonder, going back, sorry. I wonder if Kevin keeps bringing up like fang says that all of these ideas originate with kevin i wonder if he's the one who keeps bringing up these big steps and is just waiting for fangs to say no so that he can break up mm-hmm. with fangs like that's what it feels like i wonder if he was like that's let's possible. do the baby thing and fangs is, like he's waiting for fangs to be like that's too much of a step for me and kevin's like sorry uh then i'm leaving you or like when he was like hey we should open our relationship because you're always on the road he probably expected fangs to be like i don't want to do that and then kevin was like fine i'm breaking up with you like i really feel like Fang- like kevin was waiting for a reason to break up with fangs and that's what he's doing and now he just straight up has not had a reason and that's why he has to do it and it's like i have no excuse i think you're yeah. i think you're right and that sucks because like it's clear that like i don't know if fangs was totally like he seems now to be pretty comfortable with all his decisions um but i mm-hmm. wonder if like at the time maybe he wasn't and he just like was gonna do anything to stay with kevin yeah it's heartbreaking yeah that like maybe they maybe neither of them were happy at some point i like, just i have so many questions so betty tells kevin about barchi and kevin at first thinks that she and jughead are getting back together and he's like oh god please don't tell me that and i'm like oh it's and it's great because she's like ew no like she's so against it <laughs> And I thought that was so funny. Also same. Yeah. Um, but and so but now we have to put up with Barchie without Bughead, and I'm like, I don't know which I preferred. Yeah. I, I really like Jugatha. I have I have a lot of Jugatha thoughts about how like um Jughead is so freaking oblivious and doesn't deserve her at all. Um, but yeah. I hope that he cleans up his act because it's clear mm-hmm. that she really cares about him and I really want them to like figure it out. I just don't know what Betty's gonna do. Yeah, she's fantastic, and I think she could be good for him if he gets his like life together. Yeah. Right now, she does not deserve, like, he doesn't deserve her and she doesn't deserve him. You know what I mean? Right. Agreed. So, yeah, Betty's talking to Kevin about Barchi and she's so happy about Archie. Like, she's so happy. And then the rest of this ep happens and, like, I just hate it here. Like, why? She looks so happy. A list of places I hate it here. Yeah. Okay. So, Jughead goes to class and we were talking last episode about how Jughead never teaches. So, is he even still a teacher? Turns out, yes, he is. I don't know what sort of time he has to work at Pops in the at night and work here during the day and just not sleep, I guess. But he has decided to change the book from Of Mice and Men. Is it Of Mice and Men? Yes. Um, to yeah. Slaughterhouse-Five. In my school, when I was in high school in English class, it took us like months to get through one book because we were going through it like chapter by chapter. So I assume that he changed it to better suit 
his and maybe their interests as well. Yeah. If I were to guess, I think that he like straight up just um because the other teacher before him was the one who chose Of Mice and Men. So if I were to guess, exactly. I think that he uh like just threw that out the window and chose a different book. That makes sense. Is it me or does Jughead seem like kind of a crappy teacher though? You know, I, I thought at first, but like it really seems like Kendrick, at least, who's the student that, that's talking in this scene, has gotten a way better attitude. And it kind of feels like he's actually listening. You know what I mean? So maybe okay. maybe Jughead... Jughead isn't a great a great teacher, but at least um he's um at least he's like enjoyable to listen to or like uh, engaging. Yeah, like well, at least he's trying. Yeah, because Kendrick and Rusty were like really really mean at first, and when Jughead gets distracted, like Kendrick's the one who like gets him back on track and like remembers what he was saying. So okay. I thought that was kind of nice. All right, fair enough. Okay, so Slaughterhouse Five, uh, also known as the Children's Crusade, a duty dance with death, is a science fiction infused anti war novel by Kurt Vonnegut first published in 1969. It follows the life and experiences of Billy Pilgrim from his early years to his time as an American soldier and chaplain's assistant during World War II to the post-war years with Billy occasionally traveling through time. The text centers on Billy's capture by the German army and his survival of the Allied firebombing of Dresden as a prisoner of war an experience which Vonnegut himself lived through as an American serviceman. The work has been called an example of unmatched moral clarity and one of the most enduring anti-war novels of all time. I'm interested, actually. Yeah, and uh, the stuff that he's talking about is, like, very what Jughead is going through. So it definitely makes sense why the writers chose Slaughterhouse-Five for this. Yep. So yeah, Billy's, like, time traveling, I guess, which is pretty cool. And um, there's aliens in it. So Jughead starts having visions um, and talks about how Billy either achieved true sight with his like um, time traveling and stuff or he's going crazy, which of course is like great theme parallels because Jughead is like, either I have achieved true sight or I'm going crazy. And he doesn't know which (laughs) one it is right now. Yeah. So like I said, Kendrick at least seems to be nicer to him now. um, And he finally thinks he's crazy enough to call Dr. Whitley to go to her like support group. I am really enjoying Jughead's plotline. Mm-hmm. I just like I think it's fun I think it's weird I think it's different mm-hmm. like the show's never done something kind of this I mean they've done like other supernatural stuff but like I don't know the whole abduction thing is kind of wild and they're just it's enjoyable because there's something else going on and it isn't just like the, all the characters being like destroyed mm-hmm. and it's not all relationship drama exactly uh last episode for um what is sam shipping the most dave thought that um you would be shipping Jugatha the most because they are so Mulder and scully right now they are extremely they are so Mulder, Mulder and scully. scully he was right <laughs> yeah oh dave he just knows us so true <laughs> so true bestie dave <laughs> so cheryl is painting minerva and painting her as diana with acte on the stag so the story of acte on the stag basically um he fell to the wrath the fatal wrath of artemis but the surviving details of his transgression vary the only certainty is in what Acteon suffered his pathos and what artemis did the hunter became the hunted and he was transformed into a stag and his raging, raging hounds struck with a wolf's frenzy tore him apart as they would a stag. So basically, um, like, you know how uh, the Greek gods are always like, I guess it's Diana, so it might be uh, Roman. But like, you know, the gods are always like, hey, human, uh, you wronged me, turning you into an animal. So that's basically what happened with this guy. Fair enough, <laughs> dude, fair enough. Uh, Minerva's like, I had to have an original Cheryl Blossom. And Cheryl's like, are you going to like leave me alone after this? And she's like, mm, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, is this flirting? Or are you blackmailing her? <laughs> I think with Cheryl, it's both. Yeah, because like later when they they kiss, first of all, I just wanted to say, I called that. And I called Same. it the first time she showed up. And I'm really proud of that. <laughs> I'm really um, proud of you. 
Thank you so much. I'm impressed with you as well. Blimey. I uh, I didn't feel like I didn't sense it because yeah. for some reason Minerva plays older than them in my head. But yeah, maybe they're just still high school kids in my head. Sure, and I need to catch up. Maybe it's because Cheryl hasn't progressed since high school. That's it. Right. That's yeah. That's probably it. Because all the rest of them have. Yeah. Later when they do kiss, um, it seems pretty consensual. You know, like Cheryl seems pretty into it. So. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, they're both into like, it. Like yeah. it was also a very well done kiss. Like, oh my the god, lighting the is lighting, chef's kiss. So Cheryl starts venting about Tony and says that Tony lured her out of her safe space to brag about her happy life and family. And I'm like, girl, that's not what she was doing. She straight up just wanted to share some good news with you. Exactly. Ugh. Cheryl has no concept of anyone doing anything healthy. Right. So Minerva's like, do you rise above it or are you going to inject some chaos? Um, they seem very uh, compatible, but um, in like not a great way because uh, Cheryl was always like chaos, chaos. And Tony was like really good to like bring her down from some of the like worst the things chaos. that she was going to do. Um, and Minerva seems to just be like throwing gasoline on the fire. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. Um, so Katie calls Veronica and tells her that Chad is on a date with another woman, um, the heiress to the Spiffany's fortune. Um, and Veronica doesn't even seem to care. <laughs> She's like, I'll just make him jealous back. So whatever. Kate, like, what is the point of this plot line? Please explain it to me. And also, like, can we stop bringing up Katie Keene? Like, it, it's canceled. It's over. Like, let's oh my move God. On. <laughs> You ass. Like, I'm just like, every single episode, Veronica has to talk about someone from Katie Keene. <laughs> and I'm like, it's done. My favorite like, part of her conversation with Katie Keene is that she says Katie Keene's full name twice. Do you think to Katie Keene? She always says Katie Keene. She always says her full name. And I'm like, if, if you guys called me Robin Jeffrey all the time, I'd be like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to call you Robin E. Jeffrey. Thanks. Because that's pretty much everywhere. Pretty much everywhere, including my own home. Including <laughs> verbally to yeah. your face. So Archie and Eric are already working and Veronica has them like take a selfie and makes Archie flex in the back. Um, and she's like, some, like flex for my followers. And I'm like, I bet she has a lot of followers. <laughs> yeah. I don't like know what all she's, what all she's like up to, but it feels like rich people always have a lot of followers. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, just because a lot of, like, I think people like following people who like uh, flaunt their- Have lifestyles that they want. Flaunt their luxuries. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, seeing people spend their money irresponsibly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, Cheryl texts Veronica and Archie for drinks at the White Worm. And I'm like, excuse me, invite my son Jackson. And then Veronica does. So at the White Worm, Betty, Veronica, and Kevin are sitting together or standing together and drinking. Archie is like staring at them. And Jackson asks about like Archie's options because obviously he's very jealous. Did you guys get gay Jackson and Archie vibes last episode too? Like it wasn't just us, right? Last episode, yes. This episode, no. Yeah, exactly. Not as much this episode? Okay. That's, that's not at all this episode. Not at all? It's like they were saying no homo. Yeah, to... I mean, yeah, kind of. But I, but this episode or, or uh, this scene and everything and like later when he's talking about Archie's booty call and everything, I'm just like, man, you're so, uh, you, you're so nosy because you need the dates. It's, ooh, <laughs> that's, that could be deep. He's like, He's like, oh, I thought you were dating Betty, but also Veronica. And Archie's like, oh, yeah, I have so many female options. And Jackson's like, start with all the ladies. And I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) So Cheryl goes to Tony and says that she's sorry and like wants to throw her a party. And Tony's like, wow, it means a lot to me to have your support. So that's really nice. Um, And I'm like, oh, she's just gaslighting Tony. Exactly. Exactly. Like, girl, she used the word gaslighting last season and you didn't run. 
I just don't fall for it again. And she doesn't. She doesn't. And that's like the one thing where I was like, this episode was garbage, but I am glad that Tony's sticking to her guns and being like, yeah, no, you're not allowed in my life because you are a toxic person. Exactly. So Cheryl goes up to like talk to everybody and Fangs is in this like white worm t-shirt. I would like to own that, please. I would like to own that white worm uh, merchandise. What if they make it? I don't know. I want it though. That'd it looked cool. cool. It was like distressed and like um, faded. It was cool. That would be cool. I liked it a lot as well. So Cheryl's like, hey, anyway, adulthood sucks. So let's be teens again. And I'm like, no, I like that you're adults now. Right? I was like, you guys being adults is way more interesting than you guys being teens. Thanks so much. She's like, anyway, death is coming. So let's all have sex. And I'm like, I don't. Well, you know, you die after your 30s. I, listen, I'm ace, but I don't get it. I don't get it. She was like, oh, our 30s are coming. And I'm like, being in your 30s is so much better than being in your 20s. I thought her line there was so funny, though. <laughs> like, I wrote it down as a possible favorite line award because it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, yes, our impending 30s. And after that, death, mortality. <laughs> the big sleep. The big sleep. <laughs> My God, she's such a drama queen. We knew that, but <laughs> right. still, it's still it's still happening. So she like brings up her spin the bottle party from the pilot and Betty brings it up later too. Uh, Jughead's like, hey, aren't we too old for that? And I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> but she's like, exactly. let's have a key party. And I'm like, because we're all adults now. And I'm like, good. Honestly, I would feel like if that's why I'm allowing it, I would be even more upset if you were still teens. Yeah, right. So she encourages them to act on their impulses. She's going to text them the details to bring their keys and their libidos. Whatever, Cheryl. <laughs> okay. Like, she gives a good speech, but I'm also like, okay, whatever. Like, this is boring and I yeah. don't watch a thing so much. Yeah. The only other thing I have left in this this part here is just that we hear all their text tones before we go to commercial, and there's no way they all have their sound on. You're adults. Right? No. <laughs> like, good millennials would not have their sound on. Veronica and Archie had their sound on, too, and I was like, no. No. I have not had my sound on since I got my phone. Yeah. Yeah, I only have my sound on if like I'm going to be like in a different room or like I'm closing my eyes and I need like if I get a text, I need to like wake up or something, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. Cool. So that's part one. Uh, I truly do not mind just zooming through this. And uh, before we move on to part two, let's talk about Patreon. Oh, okay. Um, Do you guys want to talk about Patreon or should I talk about Patreon? You can go ahead and talk about Patreon and then I'll back you yeah, up. I will. I'll be like, yeah, Robin, you're right. <laughs> so Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. If we are your favorite ca- creators, we would really appreciate your help over there. Um, what we do here, especially with five podcasts, is really expensive. And uh, so basically you donate monthly um, and you get perks. So at $1 a month, you get early access to all of our podcasts. Um, at $5 a month, you get 10% off at shopbelux.com, which is where Brittany sells some really cool stuff and I sell some really cool stuff. And so if you don't want to help out on Patreon, you can also help out on shopbelux.com because that's another way um, to help us while getting cool stuff. But we are also going to be having some new stuff coming up there. $2 level is going to be the Discord server. Um, uh, $10 level is going to be a Patreon only podcast. We talked a little bit about that last episode. I'm really excited about that. And, um, $15 level is going to be exclusive merchandise. So you guys are definitely going to want to check that out. That's going to be coming sometime in April. And, um, yeah, if you can't help us out on either of those things, totally okay. Next best thing you can do, recommend us to a friend. Um, because maybe they can help us out. But also we just enjoy making new friends. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, recommend us to a friend, recommend any of our podcasts to a friend. We'll talk about our other podcasts later um or even if you've just listened to this one recommend us to yourself and check out maybe our other podcasts as well recommend us to yourself (laughs) cool all right so um sam did the second part i sure did 
Alright, Betty's recurring TBK nightmare has evolved, and now Polly is in them too. This time, Betty dreams that Polly has come home. She's absolutely terrified. She tells Betty that she shouldn't have gone after TBK alone, and then out of nowhere, he comes up behind Betty with a knife and slits her throat. Betty wakes from her nightmare and sees the light on next door and texts Archie to come over. He comes in knight in shining armor style and jokes about Alice leaving a spare key outside. He notices that Betty is upset and asks her what's wrong. She tells him that she had a nightmare, but she doesn't really want to talk about it. They make out and other stuff. That checks out. Yeah, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. First thing in the morning, he skipped sleeping and uh, made a whole feast of breakfast for his boyfriend, Eric. He tells Eric about the previous previous night with Betty and how it felt different from before. He admits to still having feelings for Veronica, too. (laughs) Barf. At the gym, Kevin talks to Fangs about Cheryl's party. Kevin suggests that Fangs bring one of his trucker buddies to spice things up before they become husbands and fathers. Fangs is like, sounds weird, but okay, I guess. At the Cooper Jones house, yes, I'm still calling it that, <laughs> Betty comes home to find an, a rather frazzled Alice sitting next to the phone. Alice says that Polly called. Betty is in disbelief at first, but Alice walks her through the whole call. Polly called the landline and she was scared and she couldn't see anything. The place that she's being held is dark, cold, and smooth like metal. Alice jokes that it sounds like a spaceship. Oh my god, I was Was Polly abducted? I hope it's a spaceship. This is the X-Files now and I'm just living for it. Mm. Anyway... Betty says that the odds of Polly being still of Polly still being alive are incredibly low, but Alice is determined that Polly will call again. Over at Alien Abductees Anonymous, Jughead <laughs> and- <laughs> literally Jughead and Tabitha listen to the others talk about their encounters. Jughead shares his story, and the leader asks if he's ever blacked out. He has a flash of a figure walking towards him that looks alien. And then he decides to leave because uh, this whole sharing thing is not for him. Tabitha follows him out and presses him about his blackouts. He tells her about his drinking problem in New York. He says he did things he doesn't remember and he lost a lot of time. Tabitha suggests that they do something other than Cheryl's party, like go see a movie or go on a date, maybe? She doesn't say that, but like, she said that. She basically says that. Exactly. Uh, but Jughead thinks that a night of debauchery is what he needs. Okay, whatever. Why? <laughs> Archie and Veronica work on renovating her apartment at the Pembroke and chit-chat about life. Veronica tells Archie that she's starting to realize that things are missing from her life and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she asks him if he's been feeling the same way and he's like, I'm not sure, but they ask what will happen if uh, they get matched up at the key party and then they're like, I don't know. Um, And then they decide that Chad's coming anyway and that's probably a good thing. Sure. uh Uh-huh. Yep. Whatever. At Cheryl's, Jughead and Tabitha arrive and Jughead heads straight for the bar after Cheryl collects their keys. Reggie arrives shortly after them. Betty chats with Kevin, and he tells her that it was his idea to have Frank Fangs bring a date. He's not sure why he did it. Oh, Kevin. Chad comes up to Archie and asks why all the females in Riverdale are so hot, because Chad really loves to throw his red flags right in front of Archie's face. Females. <laughs> Fangs introduces his date to Kevin and Betty, and it's the trucker that Kevin was hooking up with earlier. Yikes. I knew it. I called it in the middle of the episode. <laughs> I was like, it's gonna be the same guy. I get guarantee. <laughs> Also, Minerva is here for some reason, but anyway, Cheryl decides to get the game started. Cheryl lays out the rules and everything must be consensual. No one gets to redraw and mixed up pairings can do anything they want with each other. Veronica- go to a movie? (laughs) Sure. Tabitha's like, yes. (laughs) Ace Tabitha, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) Veronica goes first and surprise, surprise, she gets Archie. Chad's not happy about it though and he says she can't go home with her ex. Archie stands up and tells Chad that he should just, like, respect his wife, maybe. And Veronica's like, ugh, I hate this. Um, so she chucks Archie's keys back in the bowl and grabs Chad's and then they leave. Uh, next up is Jughead, but he's completely smashed. Tabitha volunteers to take him home before he's even reached the bowl. Cheryl makes him draw a key anyway, but he literally picks Tabitha's so it's, like, fate and they leave anyway. 
Wow. <laughs> Next, Cheryl invites Eric up and he gets nervous. Then Reggie goes and he thinks he's grabbed Tony's keys, but he got fangs instead. Reggie leans in and kisses him because, like, why not? And uh, that's the end of my section. <laughs> and that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, I've got this tiny little piece that I wrote out um, just so we could, like, finish this little party piece. So I'm just going to say my summary here and then, uh, like, wrote this little tiny bit right here. Sure, sure, sure. Just so we can finish the party. Kevin is freaked out by whatever the heck just happened. He pulls the keys of Rick because, of course, he does. Um, Betty pulls Archie's and Cheryl says, wow, can you believe it? I'm paired with Tony. Um, and... That's basically, that's the party. Mm -hmm. So Betty is dreaming. Um, she sees Polly in her bed. Um, she's like, oh my God, does mom know you're here? And Polly goes, you can't be here. He'll find you. And I'm, <laughs> if I was Betty, I'd be like, this is my room. <laughs> this is my room. What do you mean? You can't be here. You can't be here. Yeah. <laughs> but the TBK is here. Ah, it's a nightmare. And he straight up, straight up kills Betty, kind of like the way that Grundy was killed, like behind her and like, you know. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That, that sort of thing. And... Polly says you shouldn't have gone in alone and it really feels like that decision of her going in alone that we talked about um, like a bit ago uh, in her giant flashback. Um, this decision is like still haunting her, like continues to haunt her the fact that she went in alone and didn't stop him when she could have. Yeah. Um, and then she sees Archie's window of light in the darkness, which she keeps talking about. Um, like she uses that metaphor for him several times. Man, this could have been such a cool and healthy relationship for them. I know. Like helping each other through a difficult situation. Ugh. Shared trauma. That's what I'm saying about Archie and Jackson, which I've been calling um, Jack's Drews because I couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> I was going to ask because at one point they were like Varchi or Barchi and I was like, what about? And then I was like, they don't have a ship name. Archie And son. I'm going to, I'm calling them. Yeah. So I'm going to call them Jack's Drews. That's all okay. I got right now. All I right. don't know. Marchy just flowed so much better. It really did. And then like what it ended up being something else that somebody like we called it Marchy, but some, but the actual like official Tumblr, Tumblr tag was, was Mad Drews. Mad Drews. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, but that's not what I want. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so basically his light is on so she knows that he can text her and he'll probably answer. Um, she literally says you up, but she already knows the answer. Yeah. And so he used the spare key and she basically says she doesn't want to talk about her nightmare. She just wants to forget, which like I don't love, but she like talks about it in such like a happy way earlier that I'm like, I guess I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, are you or are you not using fucking as a form of therapy? Because yeah. that's not healthy. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a line where... Like, they, I don't know, it's like, you can, like, just use your relationship in a way that, like, this is a thing that makes me feel better. Yeah. Then. It's a retreat. Like, yeah. the thing that just happened to me, which is a, literally just a nightmare. Yeah. Which, like, can be good. And I think at first for Archie, that, or for Barchi, that's what it was. And now they're yeah. both, like, I care about you too much and this is kind of weird, but. So I need to also care about you and, like, understand our feelings. I know exactly what you're saying. I don't think this is the end of Barchi at all. Yeah. I hope not. I don't think it is. Because I think them getting to know each other as friends, also now who have slept together, is going to be so... While putting a pause on sleeping together, is going to be so much more romantic. Because, mm -hmm. like, friends to lovers is just so good. Like, they were friends before, but they haven't really seen each other a lot in the seven years. So it's, like, they got the, like, build-up out of the way, and now they can get really, like, even closer. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I think that before this episode, it was fine, and it wasn't unhealthy. And then I think that they needed to break up Barchi, so they, like, leaned harder into it being unhealthy. 
exactly this episode and I think that's what happened is that like I was fine with it before now and then as soon as she's like I don't want to talk about it I just want to forget then it was like uh you know what I mean like it really feels like it's like it took that hard turn this episode because they needed to break them up and it's like why break them up why not just do something different for once in your life Riverdale writers right Right. So the next morning, Archie is up before Jackson and he's making the breakfast for like the three of them, I assume, because Jughead also lives there. So that's like really cute. Awesome. And Archie says that he hasn't been to bed um, because he was with Betty. Um, But this time it felt weird and he didn't like it because he still has feelings, Veronica. You were right, Eric. And Eric's like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping I was going to awaken something else in you. Oh, well. Oh, my God. So that's that scene. Uh, Fangs and Kevin are working out at El Royale. And Kevin tells Fangs to bring a date, like just one of his like flings from the road. And Fangs is like, listen, we closed our relationship like yesterday. So like, why would I do that? Right. And Kevin's like, I've always been curious. And he's like, see, like, I've always been curious. And you don't bring people home because that's like our rule. So I was like, okay, so he hasn't done anything wrong is what you're saying. No, no. Like, he, he hasn't broken any of the rules, and now you're upset because he didn't break the rules because now you don't know who he's dating? Basically, what you're saying is, this sucks. Thanks. Like, Kevin, you're being really weird, and you can tell that Fangs also thinks he's being really weird. Yep. Because he's trying to hide the fact that, like, he's kind of into uh, cheating. Right. No, like, yeah, for sure. Like, that's yeah. part of his thing. Um, and he's like, let's just get it out of our systems before we have to be real people. And I'm like, uh, you, okay. And I'm just like, what's in your system then? Were you not real people before? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Alice is waiting for Betty in the kitchen again. Um, and she's like, just looking at her phone. I'm like, why didn't you call her? Why didn't you just call Betty? Oh yeah. Why did, oh yeah. Why didn't you? I don't know. Well, maybe she didn't want to be on her cell phone or the other phone. Right. Just in case. Just in case Polly called again. Right. That's fair. So Betty gets home and she brought coffee for them. And she says that Polly called and said she was really scared. She was in some of some sort of like metal space. Um, and Betty doesn't believe her and thinks it was probably just a prank. And Alice says that quite frankly, it sounded like a spaceship. And Betty's like, listen, like after two days, victims are usually dead. And she's been gone for like weeks. So like, okay, Betty. So you've been, you've been thinking that your sister is actually dead for like a while now. Like the thing that kills me about this is they're once again, making Alice look like really helpless and stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they, I don't think that she looks stupid. I her. think she's exactly as frazzled as a mother whose daughter is missing would be. Fair enough. I, I think it's interesting to like see her based on like the, when Alice says ridiculous things, it's very funny to me. Um, But this is so different from, uh, yeah, he's, he's going away in his rocket ship. He built one, <laughs> you know, and now she's just like, quite frankly, it looks like a spaceship. Like this time she's actually like kind of buying into it, which I think is kind of fun. I like that they threw in the spaceship joke. Yeah. Um, but because conspiracy theory brain is like, oh. Yeah, because my conspiracy theory brain is 100% like, oh my god, she and Jughead were abducted by the aliens, but they let Jughead come back and not Polly. But I actually think it's probably a shipping container, because that's what... That's my first thought as well. That was my first thought as well. Yeah. Duh! Yeah, there's like that, that... the same sort of thing happens like near the end of the movie of one of my other favorite, one of my favorite movies, which is called Nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, like V's character kind of gets knocked out and she finds herself in like a shipping container. So that totally was where my brain went. Yeah. Um, how do you guys think Betty's cat is doing with Glenn? Do you think I, Betty ever thinks about her cat? I need a series of vignettes of just Glenn and the cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of Toffee giving Glenn a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can someone write that fan fiction? Like, yeah. <laughs> about Glenn and the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alice just has like some serious Joyce Byers vibes. Down to the yellow phone and everything. Literally. Um, if someone is listening to this and hasn't seen Stranger Things, Sam, I feel like you're the most qualified to kind of like talk about this. Um, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, I do recommend it because I Me love too. it. 
Um, yeah. It's on Netflix, and seasons are about, like, eight episodes each, and there's three seasons so far. Uh, it's a show, it's a sci-fi show set in the 80s where uh, this little kid gets sucked into a parallel dimension, uh, and everyone thinks he's dead, but his mom is, like, sure he's alive. And there's also this, some, lots of cool stuff with the Cold War and, like, Russian spies, and it's really cute. And if you're into D&D, the 80s, Winona Ryder, the, basically those are the top three. Fun little kids, balanced storylines. Um, yes, and really, uh, like, um, deep characters, too. Deep like, characters. They're, they're teen, and also so many, like, um, options. Like, there's lots of teen yeah. adults, there's lots of teens, and there's lots of kids. So there's, like, there's something for everybody. And all the storylines are equally balanced through the whole yes. series. Yeah. Uh, so you get good bits from all of the groups. Uh, you should definitely check it out. And me, biased, but like a top-notch himbo. Top-notch himbo. Yeah. And good MILF content. So like, you yep. know, everything that we enjoy. Around. We have a podcast about it, you know. We sure do. What? But basically, <laughs> uh, Joyce Byers is the name of the mother of this kid that has gone missing. And um, she gets a phone call on a yellow phone, um, hears him breathing, and is absolutely like convinced that he's alive, which is basically exactly what um, Alice is doing. And, you know, everybody thinks that she's crazy because she looks crazy. She's got this, these crazy eyes and everything, but, um, but she's right. And yeah. uh, so is Alice. So there's there's just a lot of Joyce Byers things going on here. All we need is Christmas lights. Yep. They said, what if we take all of the Affectionados podcasts and all <laughs> and of yeah. them together and put them in the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Stranger Things, Riverdale, and The 100 in there so far. <laughs> and they put MC Gainey in it. So we'll give, we'll give that to Lost. We just well, need and, someone and to make a Star Trek joke. Please, someone make a Star Trek yeah. joke. I feel like they have to have at some point, haven't they? Especially with the spaceship thing. Yeah. Okay, well, we're waiting on that. Thank you. Just get back to us. Thank you. <laughs> Let us know. So it's really um kind of Tabitha to come to this meeting with Jughead. And I think she's also kind of curious, but I think she's also like really looking out for him. Um, this guy named Bill tells a story that's really similar to Jughead, but he lost six hours of time instead of four. And he woke up by the side of the lonely highway instead of like in Pops, like close to where he was uh, was taken. Jughead lost four whole hours? Yeah, he said he lost a couple yeah. hours. For some mm-hmm. reason, I was thinking it was only like minutes, but wow. Well, because the thing is like... No, he said it was 2 a.m. Sorry, he said it was 2 a.m. And then he woke up at 6 a.m. is what mm. he said. So like... The Last thing episode. is that the X-Files established, and I think, like, a couple abduct, quote-unquote abductees have talked about it, is you lose, like, only a series of minutes. So for the X-Files, it was nine minutes. Oh, okay. You lose nine minutes. Yeah, so I think in my head, I, mm-hmm. I just superimposed the X-Files on it. Right? Because, like, the most right. iconic line in the X-Files is, we lost nine minutes! <laughs> um, so Jughead tells his story and is like, oh, I probably just fell asleep, ha 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 ha. And Dr. Whitley is like, well, it's normal for encounters to, like, lose time. Have you ever blacked out before? And Jughead's like, I need to go. <laughs> um, and he has, like, some more scary visions and he leaves and Tabitha follows him. And, of course, it was inside a church. I really love that detail. I feel like that's so realistic that, um, like, these sort of meetings always exactly. happen inside of a church. And we've got all these, like, old school cars and, I'm- like... It looks like this light blue one that he stops by is like his, and I don't know. Like, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, it's very pretty. Uh, I had no idea he had this car. They walked out, uh, and they like they'd show that like wide shot with all the cars, and Brittany was like mm-hmm. nuts over how cool they all looked when we were watching. Like, yeah, it's I love it's when so that happens. Retro. And I they've I've walked back when uh, we could walk around downtown a lot for no reason. Remember when I think Supergirl was filming and they had those like retro cars? Oh, and we yeah. Saw them? So I just like love thinking about like 
them having to get all these cool retro cars and just hang have yeah. them downtown. It makes me happy. Yeah. I forgot about that. Tabitha can tell that Jughead is hiding something and he basically says he didn't want to talk about it in front of a bunch of randoms. Um, and she's like, well, I'm not a random. Just tell me. Um, and he basically says that he was in New York City. He was drinking heavily. He was doing drugs, like hard drugs and jingle jangle. And he did things that he doesn't remember. So, first of all, buddy, I'm very worried yeah. about you. He was, uh, those are uh, rough. Yeah. Dude, did you ever, like, reach out to your dad? Right. Where is that? Because I really feel like he could have helped exactly. you with this. And, um, and you guys didn't leave on right. bad terms. Can we talk to him? How did, <laughs> also, how has no one mentioned FP? Also, like, do you think that, well, yeah. they don't want to, like, mention him in case they just, in case he decides to come back, then they have to, like, figure out mm-hmm. how they want to bring him back. I guess. Yeah. I I wonder if Jughead doesn't remember what happened between him and Betty at the like book launch or whatever. That's literally <laughs> what I wrote down is that my theory is that that's when he sent that voicemail. Oh, that makes sense. Because later he's like, oh, I didn't mean to, you know, you know, like it seemed like he didn't really even know about the voicemail mm-hmm. potentially. And I was also thinking like maybe that's how he lost all of his money oh, potentially yeah. as well. But like that's like right when the book came out. So maybe he didn't have all that money yet. I'm not sure. But I agree. I think that 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 might have been um, all right. stuff. Um, and he's like, oh, I lost a lot of time at that point, too. I think there's still a lot of mysteries surrounding this. I did not get enough details on on what exactly was <laughs> happening, because um, later Tabitha calls it like a trauma. And I'm like, I don't think what he described was like a, was a, a trauma, really. And so I'm I'm interested to hear about like what exactly was traumatic about it other than like a bad yeah. trip, I guess. So Tabitha says that they shouldn't go to the party and just like hang out together. And I'm like, oh my God, Jughead, you idiot. She's literally reaching out. She's straight up out of your <laughs> league. Like, come on, like take take this opportunity. And he's like, no, I want to go. And like, God, he just like is batting away every single like easy throw she's sending at him. He's clueless. And I don't like, come on, dude. Like, you, ugh, whatever. He's like, no, I want to go. Why? I don't know. Um, but she seems like really disappointed that he said that. And I'm like, Jughead, you're so oblivious. <laughs> You're so annoying. Right. He's an idiot. He's like, no, I need to go go into my worst habits that I just told you about. Make bad decisions. Hmm. Yeah. Like he literally just told her, I had a drinking problem where I blacked out. Let's go get drunk. Shut up. What's wrong with you? Like, and also like if I were her, I'd also be scared to be like, no, you've had too much because she doesn't know him yeah. that well yet. And she doesn't know like enough about him to uh, to like do that, I feel. But I I also just wish she <laughs> would. So Veronica is at her house spreading plaster with Archie in flannel. <laughs> sure. Have we ever seen Veronica in flannel before? Bisexual Veronica when? It was in season one. Yeah, that's so true. They just didn't do it. It was definitely in like the first five episodes. Veronica was very bisexual. So true. So she says that her jewelry store is still closed. So she's like good to help him out. Um, They ask where Jackson is. He went to go collect his disability. So he's not here. Um, And she says that he seems really nice. Uh, And Veronica's like, you know what, Archie, you should date him instead of me. Oh, sorry. Maybe maybe she's just speaking for me. (laughs) Asks where how he lost his leg. And basically he just says our last mission and that he would never complain about it, which is nice. Um, And she's like, ah, he's a strong and silent type, just like you. I'm like, that's weird because I recall Archie never shutting up. Right. Uh, what is this silent word that you use for Archie? <laughs> I was like, when was Archie ever silent about anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, and she says that Tony's announcement uh, makes her think of what she doesn't like about her life. And so she wants to make some changes. And Veronica basically says to his face that she still likes him. And he's like, um, yeah, maybe. Like, I'll <laughs> think about it. I guess. Maybe so. So she's like, what if we got matched at the party? Um, and then they do. They do get matched at the party. Um, but they're like, ha I guess we'll find out. Because Chad is also coming to the party. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Wouldn't it be like fun and sexy of us? 
Well, it's just weird because later um, Chad's like, why did you even invite me to the party? And I'm like, yeah, because she was like straight up ghosting him and, and uh, ignoring him before. So I, I thought that he had come on his own volition, but apparently she invited him. I thought it was kind of weird. Sure. They just keep going over the same piece of the wall over and over. Like, I understand that it's plaster continuity, but like y'all going to take a long time doing that. if you're just gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Plaster continuity. Yeah. I just think this party would have been so much better uh, if it was Perrindale. Yes. Oh, it so would. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? So I saw on Twitter about a while back, I don't know how much like accuracy and validity there is to this, but I saw on Twitter a while back that a quote from a con, I think it was from Ross, about how they always wanted to do a key party with, with Perrindale, but they never figured out how to do it. And uh, so they just never did. And now they're doing it with, the kids and i'm just like deeply disappointing okay because like can you imagine alice getting hiram's keys and then killing him oh my god yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we could have been done with him right then and there yeah <laughs> like that would have been so good someone write this fic please or like alice getting hermione's keys and then like hermione's is finally uh yeah confirmed yeah and then Sierra and Tom just get each other. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that would be so yeah. cute. So basically this party. Jughead arrives, they give their keys. Jughead immediately asks for the alcohol. Someone protect this boy. We see a Riverdale Bulldogs keychain, which I assume is Archie's. Um, the burger keychain, which goes to Jughead. And the Pops keychain, which is Tabitha's. Cute. Um, I don't think we, we really see anybody else's keys other than Minerva's, which is like this like tassel looking thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. You guys Thanks. need more interesting keychains! Fangs has a serpent thing on his... Did you say that's that? That's right? cute. I want a serpent keychain. I'm sure you could get one at the Hot Topic. <laughs> Probably. So it turns out that Cheryl also invited Reggie. Uh, I don't know why because he's literally a bad guy right now. Yeah, but I yeah. like him. Like she, it was for the chaos. I, like I'm glad that he's here. It just like doesn't make a whole lot of sense narratively. Why? She no, not at all. No, you're right, Brittany. It's it's just to freak everybody out. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So Betty asks where Fangs is and Kevin says that he's bringing a date and Betty's like, what? And Kevin <laughs> basically just explains that he's uh, just wanted to see if he would actually do it. And because he's like a masochist. Exactly. And like I said before, I genuinely think that he literally was like just looking for a reason to break up with Fangs. And he's yep. never had one. It's just because his reasons were bad. Yep. I, uh... I also just want to say I really enjoy the aesthetic of Betty just, like, sipping her white wine this entire night. Mm -hmm. Betty, of all of them, I feel like has the best mental health, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. But she seems like the most adult there. Yeah, it's like, and and she is, she. Oh, other than Tony, of course. Right, of course, of course, of course. But like Betty's having like some serious issues in her brain and only Archie knows about it. Um, But she's very good at hiding it. Yeah. Like I think. In like the group scenes. Yeah, Betty is like kind of good at like being an adult and not pushing her trauma onto others. Yeah. And like her keeping them all to herself is also bad for the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she is extremely good at, like, compartmentalizing. And, like, she and Tony kind of, like, I feel like are the most, like, mature out of the group. Yeah. yeah. I um I think it's interesting that everybody is having, like, some really acute issues, but only but they only can really talk to one person about it. So, like, Jughead is talking to Tabitha. Betty's talking to Archie. But Archie isn't talking back to Betty. He's talking to Eric. And Veronica is, like, also kind of talking to Archie. And so, like, Archie's kind of being, like, barraged with, like, a whole bunch of other people's problems. <laughs> oh, poor and then, like, Arch. Tony and Tony and Cheryl, like, Tony's not actually having that many bad problems. Um, But Cheryl's, like, kind of trying to put it on Tony. But Tony is, like, doesn't want it. I'm so glad that Tony is not putting up with any of that. Yeah. Um. So Betty's like, you asked 
fangs to bring a date? And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to see if he would. I'm like, why are you testing? Like, you're engaged. Don't test your partner. What are you worried about? Like, you're literally engaged. You're, what are you, I, I just don't understand why he's testing him. Like, what, what are you worried about? Maybe he was seeing, like, which guy he'd bring? Like, he doesn't know any of the guys, though. Like, he just, like, wanted to see what his, like, type was or something? I guess. I don't know. So then, moving on from that, Jughead pours all of his alcohol and just, like, walks away from Tabitha, who's, like, just following him around. Um, You don't deserve her. (laughs) Figure yourself out before you guys kiss. Thanks. Chad comes up to Archie and asks how all the girls are so hot in a small town like this. And Archie just, like kind of laughs and walks away, which like shows a huge bout of maturity from- I think you'll find that he used the red flag word female. Oh yeah. It made me so uncomfortable. If a man refers to women as females, it means he doesn't respect us. Yeah. Our scientific term. Like, and I know that sounds weird, you know? Yeah. But I think that the way that Archie handles that confrontation is like so, like shows a lot of maturity from him that he's literally just like, I'm not interested in- uh, enjoining whatever you're trying to get me to do here like the way he laughs at him it's really funny yeah it was i liked that moment um and i don't really understand what chad's like goal was there even right like get archie to be interested in a in other women so that he could be like uh archie isn't interested in you veronica uh i saw him uh agree with me that all the girls are hot i mean maybe like Mm -hmm. i think i think his goal was to like get him to admit he's into veronica well no to like bug him about like just like flex sort of that he doesn't respect his wife oh that's possible like it's a it's a power thing it seemed like they um they built up so much of of chad like to be like sort of like villainous like you know being like in cahoots with hiram a lot that there's Mm -hmm. no way this is the last that we're seeing of him he's definitely going to be like a recurring issue i hope not because like it seems like they tried to just like they didn't like the direction they were going so they tried to sweep it all under the rug and i'm like this sucks Yeah, like, I definitely don't want this to be the end of any of these relationships. Yeah, I think that if they made this the end of, like, everything about Chad, it would be, like, so confusing. Agreed. So Fang's date is Rick. And I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. And Rick is basically like, ha ha ha, I've never met either of you. Hello. (laughs) Poor Rick. Kevin goes, anyone want a drink? I'm buying. I'm like, well, it's Cheryl's house. I was like, is it, is it? is the is it a cash bar like i think it's just a cute little joke (laughs) yeah i I definitely think he was joking to make it less uncomfortable but i thought it was really funny that it's like well it's cheryl's house so i think you just get it for free (laughs) but yes so cheryl and minerva are talking about rick and cheryl does not care if kevin and fangs's relationship goes up in flames for her own for her own uh agenda yeah um i think that it was going up in flames anyway to be honest agreed but it sucks that cheryl doesn't care if like that's just a casualty of her own thing. Yeah. Do you guys think that Minerva knows that this plan sucks and that Tony isn't going to like it because she wants to be with Cheryl? Oh, that's a good question. I genuinely think that Minerva just also enjoys chaos because she right. like also seemed really excited to take Eric home. Right. Um, And that makes sense because the actress is from chaos. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> is she? Yeah, yeah. She's one of the weird sisters. Oh my god! So it's weird that she's here because, like, any other like um, actors that kind of go in between are like small, like smallish roles, like bigger roles, and then small roles in the other one. Um, so mm-hmm. it's weird that she kind of has like a big role in both. That's kind yeah. of strange. That is um, weird. Good yeah. for her. <laughs> so Cheryl's like, "Hey, you came to this party, so you, that means you want to do stuff, and soon we'll be in our thirties and then dead. So this party is a rejection of death. What are you talking about?" <laughs> Ugh, she's so funny. It's, it's very odd. 
I, I appreciate the first rule that she said, though, which is that everything has to be consensual. So I appreciate that. However, then Reggie, like when he goes in for the kiss for Fangs, completely surprises him. And I'm like, um, did Fangs give consent? Just wondering. Probably not. Um, She's like, no redrawing keys because we're inclusive and fluid. And I'm like, Archie, did you hear that, bud? Mm-hmm. Did you hear that, buddy? All right. Inclusive and fluid, right? Archie? <laughs> Archie? Do you want to say anything? Archie, what have you got in Eric's key, Archie? <laughs> I... Listen, I'm, it's way too wishful thinking. Last week's episode, I genuinely thought that they were going to kiss. Like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a, well, I hope they do it. Haha. Wouldn't it be funny if they did? Like I, I caught myself actually thinking they were going to do it. Oh my God. And I was, I know. And I I was sitting here yesterday, um, watching this and I, I actually for a second thought that Eric would have, was going to draw Archie's key. Um, like I actually thought. You know what would be like fun and sexy and uh, weird? Mm-hmm. Archie and Reggie. Yeah, except apparently Archie. Well, do you remember in uh, when uh, you know pre-Reggie being a dick? Yeah, yeah. In uh, like the Heather's musical, how Archie and Reggie were like <laughs> two straight just, dudes just playing some gays or whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see it. Uh, I, hey, I, I would watch it. Yeah, Sam. You know how you checked um, like the Ao3 numbers on a couple of. Uh, Couples a couple episodes ago. Yeah. You want to check uh, Archie and Reggie and see what we got there? Yeah, oh my God, please. Yeah, do that. So Cheryl basically says you get a free pass to do whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, consensually though, just to check, say that again. <laughs> I noticed right. that Tony, Tony has her like left hand up. And we talked about this when we were looking at the trailer last episode, but she's got a wedding ring on her left, on her left ring finger. Uh, that's not really explained at all. That's weird. Um, I wonder if maybe she like. Wait, who does? Uh, Tony. Oh. Um, and she also was a dad. Because wasn't Vanessa split for, from her husband by then? Yeah, so it's not even necessarily a, like, oops, I forgot to take off my ring thing. Um, there, so uh, really I sure. have it. I have the info. Okay. okay. There are 63 Archie, Andrews, Reggie, All right. Fix. I don't know why I was expecting more, but that's a really respectable amount. Yeah. It also looks like Tony has a sort of tattoo where I have my ta- my dash tattoo. And it looks like she has, like, a dash tattoo on in the same spot. And I don't, I gotta do more research on Vanessa's tattoos, I guess. But I was like, hey, I... Oh, uh, that's cool. I have that one. Also, if you're wondering, there are seven Archie Andrews Veronica Lodge Reggie Mantle fix. Oh, all right. How so, many Varchi fix are there? Veggie. Bajarchi. 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 Varchi fix. That was a little too close. Varchi fix there are uh, 1,835. Okay, compared to Bughead. Varchi, you said? Is that Varchi? Yeah, that's Varchi. Okay. Bughead, um, I bet it's gonna have more. Over two thousand, over maybe over like three thousand, if I were to guess. Bughead six thousand two hundred and sixty-four. Yeah. See, that yeah. just proves how popular some ships are and some aren't. You and know? Then, let me see. Let me see. Barchi. Oh, Barchi only has eight hundred and six. What? What's up, Barchi fandom? Come on. Maybe they're all over on Wattpad. Maybe. So Veronica draws the key first and she gets Archie and Chad is like pissed. Why'd you even bring him? Uh, Chad's right. pissed and Veronica's like, hey, them's the rules. And I'm like, Ugh, Chad would be fine if she had gotten anybody else, I bet. Literally anybody else, he would have been fine. Yep. Or or like pretended to be fine at least. Yeah. And Archie shows up. He says that Chad doesn't respect Veronica or like let her be her own person. And that sucks. And he's right. I, uh, excuse me, Um, season four on Archie. I just wanted to remind you how much I love you. He's Ugh. my he's my perfect little. I love you, King. Son. Yeah, and I just don't understand what the point of this key party even is. If literally nothing interesting was going to happen except for Reggie kissing Fangs, um, exactly. Because like we have all these people, uh, Veronica and Chad immediately leave, and then Jughead and Tabitha immediately leave. So why were they even here? 
And then, yeah. like, nothing happens between Fangs and Reggie, really. And then nothing happens between, like, the only people who actually get any action that we know of is, like, Jackson and Minerva, which they... Right. Uh, oh, like, yeah. And, like, we don't even see Jackson for the rest of the episode, so we don't even know if really that happened at all. I don't... So, I don't... This whole key party was a bust. Like, it's... <laughs> what was it, the point of it? Just I'm like... I'm like, that. I'm like, at this point, uh, spin the bottle would have been more effective, Veronica. It would have been more fun! It and it would have been fun to watch, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're all taking um, COVID tests anyway. Take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't believe that Drew and Charles had to do, like, the... Like, uh um the mouthwash thing just for this i think that's so funny right so archie sits back down and i just wanted to say jackson immediately puts his arm around him what yeah he does i'm Uh, interested yeah so cheryl says whatever married people are boring and (laughs) kevin (laughs) and kevin of course is over in the corner like oh crap i can't be married i don't want to be boring oh no i wish they weren't doing this to kevin Yep. So Jughead says he's going to go, but he's very, very drunk. Honestly, after tonight, if I were Tabitha, I'd be like so out of liking him. Yeah. Oh, fully same. Because not only is he straight up just ignoring you and like being oblivious, but he's also like just not attractive. Yeah. So she wants to take him back to his house. um, But Cheryl says he has to draw keys, but he gets Tabitha's keys anyway. (laughs) Like everyone keeps looking in the bowl, um, (laughs) even though it was supposed to, it's supposed to be random. And I bet Jughead looked down. Yeah. Jughead looked down and probably was like, ooh, pops. I like pops. (laughs) And just grabbed and grabbed that. Um, and I think that's obviously foreshadowing to, like, the impending relationship that's going to happen between them. Oh, for sure. But if I were Tabitha and I had a crush on Jughead, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's a sign. Oh, my God, he picked my keys. And <laughs> 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 Cheryl calls Jughead an American pickle. <laughs> right? Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, does she really? Yes. Yeah. I missed that part. That's really funny. The word pickle is so funny. Yeah. Just already. Truly a slept on <laughs> word. Yeah. <laughs> underrated so then tabitha takes jughead out jackson pulls minerva's and she's like i don't know a bdsm thing and he's good at following orders i'm very uncomfortable it was weird it was very weird um the the actors did a good job because like they made chemistry out of a like two second weird line yeah but yeah like i genuinely almost thought that he would get archie but i really need to lower my expectations moving forward yeah Yeah. well i mean just looking at it i was like these two are both gay but okay i want marchie back I want Marchie back to bring him back. You know? um, so, so Reggie pulls Fangs and he thinks that it's Tony, um, but Fangs makes sure it's okay with Kevin, which is really good because oh. Fangs has never done anything wrong. Fangs is perfect and I love him. I can't wait for Fangs and Tony to raise that baby together. Literally. And Reggie kisses Fangs on the mouth and then they leave. Because like Fangs and Tony are both bi, right? Yeah. So could anyway, <laughs> things to think about. It makes sense that, you know, I know that Tony called him, like, her family and everything, but, like, it makes sense that it could have been them. Yeah. Like, that may- like, I feel like that's potentially why Kevin feels like it's, like, not okay, but, like, he's more free to leave than Fangs is because it's, like, not necessarily his genetic child. And, and like, honestly, maybe if that's the case, maybe he feels a bit like an outsider. Right. I, that would kind of make sense. Yeah. I-, I wish that they brought that up. And then we could, like, we shouldn't have to do this work. So that's the end of part two. But let's take this tiny little piece of of part three to finish this um, party here. Kevin's just, like, really freaked out by the kiss that he just saw because no one saw that coming. Because, I mean, later they say Reggie is not gay and is not Mm -hmm. into dudes. So um, it's just, like, weird to see, I guess. Um, And then he goes and pulls Rick. um, And he says, well, I figured you'd end up at our house one way or another. But then you don't take him there. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm, like you don't want to have a three-way with your future husband and like, what the guy is both recent yeah rick seems like he'd be into it like wouldn't that get out your horny instincts like what do you want <laughs> I don't understand Kevin right now. Betty says that she's still traumatized from spin the bottle in the pilot and she ends up getting Archie. Uh, We kind of see in the background like that this portrait of Cheryl that she she's painted, but she's a fox. Huh? Yeah, there's like this portrait of Cheryl, but but she's a fox, but her face is a fox. Wait, I totally missed that. That's weird. Hate it. I think I think people have tweeted it. So like you might be able to find it there, but we finally like I think get a shot of it actually in this. Well, it's not like a shot. You just see it in the background. All right. And then Cheryl's like, oh, I got Tony weird. And like I said before, Tony has given Cheryl so many opportunities to get back together with her. Yeah. And she just hasn't taken it. So it's weird that she's like finally like, let's do it now. It Because it's all on Cheryl's terms. Yeah. Cheryl has to be the one in charge. And if she's, if Tony has any agency, Cheryl doesn't find that attractive. And I think right. like that's just killing me. Well, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not the relationship I was sold. You know what I mean? And like, Cheryl yeah. used to be so, like, even though Cheryl's always been selfish, She's definitely been more thoughtful, especially in regards to Tony. Like, she did so much character growth specifically in her relationship with Tony. And, like, seeing them regress it entirely is just boring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bored. Stop. Stop making the gays suffer. Why do you hate queer people? I do. I do so much work. Stop making me suffer. (laughs) I deserve nice things. So that's going to be part two. And we're going to move on to part three. So this is my summary for part three. Tony knew that Cheryl would get her keys somehow. Cheryl shows Tony the nursery that she prepared for her and her baby to live in. Tony is completely thrown off and doesn't like it. Cheryl seems to have been trying to ruin Kevin and Fangs on purpose so that she and Tony could raise the baby together. Tony is very upset and leaves. Kevin and Rick chat in a gazebo about Fangs and how great he is. Uh, Tabitha gets Jughead home and tries to get him to open up again, but he falls asleep. Kevin comes home and Fangs is already there. Reggie is totally straight and so that didn't work out at all. Uh, Kevin tells Fangs that he needs to take a step back from all the things they're doing together. Um, Kevin's the one who suggested all of that, so what's up? Kevin has no excuse, so now they're on the outs. Archie tells Betty he still has feelings for Veronica and she says she really just needs a friend right now, so that's fine. Veronica gets angry with Chad and finally decides to leave him. Jughead has a shower the next day and continues having weird alien visions. Cheryl talks to Minerva about Tony and how sad she is. Minerva kisses her, so I called that one early. Veronica and Archie talk about their feelings and kiss once again. Wahoo. Polly calls the Cooper house again, but Betty answers this time. It is actually Polly. She escaped and is calling from a payphone. Once they get there, though, they find the place all bloodied up with no Polly. Yike. So... Cheryl is like, oh my god, Tony, fate brought us together. And Tony's like, mm, I know you did this on purpose. Honestly, Cheryl, you just had to ask her. Uh, and she would have come. Yep. I don't know why we need to have this whole party. You genuinely just had to ask. Yep. So she made a nursery for her baby to live in. And uh, I just, this nursery is terribly decorated. I think it's very ugly. Um, I, I, have, I have no comment on it because the scene was so dark. Yeah. I couldn't see it. It's a nightmare nursery. Sure. It's something straight out of an American Horror Story. I hate it. It literally, it looked like a museum and not a cool one. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, hey, you can live here. So you don't have to live with Kevin and Fangs. And like me and you can be together and raise the baby. So Tony's like, did you throw the party specifically to mess up Kevin and Fangs? And it kind of works, which sucks. But like, luckily they... Not luckily, but um, luckily it's not just Cheryl who messes them up um, because that would be like really unforgivable. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. How could you ruin their lives like that just for your own agenda? Mm -hmm. And Cheryl's like, well, I now understand why I had to restore Thornhill. It's so that the baby could live here and it could be our baby. And Tony's like, what? Like you're just trying to completely cut out Kevin and Fangs? I'm absolutely not bringing my baby here. (laughs) Like what kind of drugs are you on? And Cheryl's like, well, I don't understand because you keep trying to get me out of Thornhill. And Tony's like, so what, you think I want to come into Thornhill? No, I don't want either of us to be in Thornhill. (laughs) Why why does anyone need to be in Thornhill? 
And Tony's like, so you're trying to trap me in Thornhill like you did. You trapped me at Thistle House with your two dead brothers. God. Ugh. I'm like, I got, I'm glad she remembers. <laughs> that was so weird. Why, why did they do that? So Tony's like, okay, well, I'm just straight up not going to try and be your friend anymore because that's just like not working out. Um, I wish that I hadn't agreed to let you do this party. Um, this is sad. Yeah, it really is. It th- This whole thing just bums me out. Like, I thought they were doing something so cute with like having, with like having Tony like lure Sh- Cheryl down from like the mountaintop so that she could like show her that life is worth living and like all this whole thing. Well, they were giving us the beginning of that. Yeah, like that's what I thought they were doing. And then this is what they ended up doing. And I'm like, okay, I hate it. you. Yeah, you blew it again. Yeah, like, and now Tony's gonna feel like Kevin and Fangs' breakup is like her fault. Yep. yep. Because Cheryl did the party for her. Yep. Even though it doesn't wasn't necessarily the party that broke them up, like Tony's gonna feel like it's her fault. Exactly. So Kevin and Rick are together. Um, Kevin says that he and Fangs have been together for almost eight years and they've had an open relationship for three years. Um, and Rick says that he heard from Fangs that they're closing the relationship and he's really happy for them and knows that Fangs is like a really great guy. And I'm like, Rick, you can stay. Yeah, like Fangs is a catch. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Sorry that Kevin can't see that. Have you seen his look right now? He looks great. He's he looks a snack. incredible. He's the most attractive person here right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Kevin's like, oh, did Fangs like ever mention me? And Riley, or what's his name? Rick is like, uh, no, but that would have been weird. So that's why he didn't. And also he just said that he knew your relationship was closing. So clearly he did. Yeah. Wait. Oh my God. Like Kevin's like, well, did he ever talk about me? I'm like, do you want him to talk about you with his hookups? I'm just so confused about what Kevin's looking for. He says no, but then also yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Tabitha gets Jughead home back to Archie's house. She's treating him so well and he hasn't noticed. Yeah. It's because he's a clueless moron. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, "Uh, Tabitha, did I meet aliens? And she's like, I don't know, Jughead. I wasn't there. (laughs) I wasn't there. (laughs) Jughead, I hope you met aliens because I think that's the only thing that can make me interested in this show right now. Yeah. She's like, I do think there's something you need to talk about, though. Like, not necessarily with me, like with a, a therapist, like about trauma. And he's like, cool. And then just falls asleep. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't ready to hear that. <laughs> I'm still worried about him, though, because obviously he's fine because he wakes up and has a shower the next morning. But you get, you got to turn him on his side, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't choke on his own bar. He's very, very drunk. Exactly. So Kevin goes home. Fangs is eating that sugary cereal from the beginning of the episode and basically says that Reggie is 100% straight. Straight. It's really sweet that Reggie was willing to like go out and experiment though. Like that's not like that's not toxic male behavior and mm-hmm. I appreciate that from him. It was actually surprising. But I wonder, yeah, I wonder what all happened there yeah. for Reggie to be like, actually, no. <laughs> that would have been intriguing. Yeah. You showed me Rick when you could have showed me Fangs and Reggie. How dare you? So Kevin says he got paired with Rick, but they didn't do anything. And I'm like, neither did anyone else other than Jackson and Minerva, apparently. Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like the, yeah. what was the point? What was the point? There was no yeah. point. There, there the was point no. was to be like, hey, Jackson sleeps with women. And I'm like, that could mean he's bi. Like, Veronica and Chad didn't do anything. Barchi didn't do anything. Jugatha didn't do anything. Like, no one did anything. Yeah. They're truly... This episode was just a f- stupid filler episode. It wasted my real. time. Yeah. It wasted yeah, my this, time and it yeah. made me mad. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin tells Fanks that he loves him, but he isn't ready to get married. Um, and Fangs is like, well, if you want to keep cruising, like, that's okay. Oh, Fangs. Like, he basically says that all of these were Kevin's ideas. And like I said before, Fangs is going to do anything to keep Kevin. Like, he doesn't mind. Like, even though even though I don't know if he actually does want him to keep cruising, like, he'll just let him do it because he doesn't want to lose exactly. him. Exactly. And that's freaking heartbreaking. I just, this is just such a bad storyline. Like, yeah. Fangs, go back to Sweet Pea. And we're saying that when Kevin had a tickling storyline last last season. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Like the motivations of the characters don't make sense anymore. Mm -hmm. Like after this episode and I'm just like, why? Yeah. 
um, so he's like, okay, well, what about Tony and the baby? And I thought, okay, well, he's still going to be, like, maybe if, even if he doesn't marry Fangs, he's still going to be in on the baby. And he's like, no, I don't know. And I'm like, bro, you've had so much time to decide this. So much time. Like, many, many years. And at least eight months. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why propose it if you were just going to bail at the 11th hour? Yeah. And so Fang says, why are you imploding us? And I'm like, first of all, that's the best word to say it. And also, I have the exact same question. Yep. Because he's scared. Because he's a coward. Drew does an awesome job in this scene. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I have no excuse. And just leaves. Yep. And I'm like, that's lazy writing. Sorry. I have no excuse. I didn't, because the writers didn't want to come up with an excuse for me to act so out of character. Thank you. Good day. Yup. So Betty and Archie could be doing stuff, but they aren't. Um, And Archie feels like he has to tell her that he still likes Veronica. I shouldn't, but I do. That came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. He does like, he doesn't. They do. They, no. Um, Betty says that they should make sense because of their stereotypes, but they're too different. And I'm like, opposites attract. What are you talking about? Literally, this is so stupid. Also, they're not too different. And she says, I don't want my darkness to overtake you. I hate that God, we were watching earlier and like, we were like neutral on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, it wasn't great, but it was fine. And then they said that. And, and both of like, us went, nope. This is And I was like, Betty, please. Trash. Tangerine, tangerine, tangerine. <laughs> it's over, my guy. We're done with the darkness thing. Like, no one talks like that. Yeah. No one talks like that. That was the worst writing in such a long time. Like, you guys have been doing so good. And then you had Betty have her stupid little darkness again. And shut up. Yeah. Get a hobby. She's like, listen, you've been really helping me like feel better, but it's about to get darker. So I don't want to bring you in that. And he's like, well, I don't want you to handle it alone. And she's like, no, I won't handle it alone. I will have you as my friend. And I'm like, this is like a very nice scene if it made any sense. Like Lily does a really good job. I just don't like it. I don't either. It's hot garbage. Yeah. I'm just annoyed that they're breaking up Barchi already. I'm like, I've you can't. We me- barely got it. It's been five minutes. Like, let me have my thing. And then they had Bughead say hi to each other. So hey. next episode, they'll probably be sleeping together. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. So Chad asks if he was invited to to the party to make him jealous and like humiliate him or humiliate him. And she's like, no, I wasn't doing either of those things. And I'm like, okay, uh, why? Sure. But why did you invite him then? Um, she's like, no more avoiding the truth. I've been feeling something that has now been confirmed, which is basically just that he doesn't respect her and she wants to leave him, basically. Yeah. The next day, Jughead is showering in the Barchi sex scene shower. <laughs> oh, Jug, I'm sorry. We uh, we were watching that scene and I was like, tag yourself. I'm the seashell toilet lid. Oh my God, I noticed the toilet lid as well. <laughs> Guys, should we get seashell toilet lids? Yes. Oh God, that just reminds me. I think one of my grandmas has that. So that would make me feel a little bit too much like my grandma. <laughs> like it is very, uh, it's very much a white mom thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I love the ghoulies were like, yeah, we'll keep this one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that there were no so consequences just, for that, by the way. Right, exactly. Archie just got his house back. The ghoulies were like, yeah, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will leave peacefully. So Jughead sees the alien in the mirror. Uh, someone please help this man. He really needs help. Yo, um, the alien yeah. in the mirror thing, like the effect is so good. But then you, like, if you look at it, like actually look at it, it's just yeah. a dude in a suit. And it's yep. not even, like, in the long shot when he sees them at school, that suit doesn't fit the actor properly. So yeah. there's like a crotch bulge on the alien. Oh, no. And I'm like, guys... You have a pretty good budget. 
what happened here? Like on Stranger Things, the Demogorgon is also just a man in the suit, but then they also like add CGI to it. Like yeah, the- so that it doesn't look like a guy in like a thickly padded suit. The flash yeah. at the at the AA meeting wasn't bad. No. Oh yeah. But it's like if you like pause the episode and look, you're like, oh, they're not expecting you to do that. Yeah. Well, they should. They should by now. Like it's season five. There's a lot of Riverdale podcasts. It's not just us. Yeah. Like people are doing the work. I wonder if they all dunk on the show as much as we do. <laughs> Maybe. I hope so. It's a loving dunk. So Minerva loves the painting that Cheryl did. And Cheryl's like, well, that's weird because my life is so ugly. So I guess like I have to, it's nice that I can make something beautiful when I'm so ugly. Edgelord. And Minerva thinks that she's beautiful and they kiss and I'm a genius because I got this within their first scene. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm okay with it too. However, I don't like, I still want Shoni to be Endgame, And the fact that she's like saying you're gorgeous and then kissing her, like it really feels like they're changing. They're taking like new, you're gorgeous is the new, you're sensational, mm. which like, I still want Shoni to be, I still want Shoni to be Endgame, but Cheryl has to figure herself out first. Yeah. I need Cheryl to like, I'm not mad at, uh, these two being together at all. Blarble. Blarble. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, if it helps Cheryl get her head together, then I'm fine with it. If it makes her worse, right. then I hate it. The thing is, like, yeah. I don't want another woman to be used as a, her therapist, but I think if Cheryl experiences what a, a healthy relationship is like, maybe she'll understand, like, how badly she messed up with Tony? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I have a hard time believing that those two's relationship is going to be healthy, though. They're, like, both such firecrackers. That's true. Well, they might be just deliciously chaotic together, and that might be fun to watch, too. That's true. Yeah. Like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Yeah. Two Bonnies. Two Bonnies. So Archie's cleaning the fire truck, and Veronica's like, well, I went by your house, and Eric told me that you would be here. I'm like, have you ever texted? Right? Do these people not text? Like, they can Zoom, but they don't text? But but then Veronica can ghost people? Yeah. So I guess that Archie is on duty for the next couple nights. I'm like, bro, please. I Like, I hope that he is not just cleaning things. Like, I want him to sleep. And then if, if you get a call, then you go. But if you don't, then you sleep, please. I am worried about Archie. I feel like he's headed for a burnout. Yeah, he's taking on too many things. Like, he always has. Yeah, of course. His main hobby is doing too much. Yeah. So she tells him that she's divorcing Chad and she's not sorry about it. And she knew it was coming. Um, And he tells her... That he was really sad. This is this uh, line from Archie is very romantic. I do have to give them that. Like he was really sad when he found out she was married, but it was worse to see that she was unhappy. Yeah, he just yeah. wanted her to be happy mm-hmm. because that's my son, Archie. That he's, he's a good a boy. Good, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Seasons one to three, Archie. I don't know him, but I but I deeply know this uh, this new. Yeah, Archie. I, I've never met seasons one to three, Archie. So that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> so so weird that they just like brought in this new character. Yeah, in yeah. She says she wants to be with him again, and he immediately like you know he's made the mistake before and he's not making this mistake again he immediately tells her that he's been hooking up with betty and i gotta say the maturity jumped out yeah it was so- um however i am eating my words last up when i said that i thought they were, i was just getting friend vibes from them right. but i was <laughs> well the thing about riverdale is that they changed their mind from episode to episode so you could have been yeah. right so veronica's chill with it she's like yeah i was wondering if maybe you would and she seems to be okay with it because like the past is in the past exactly now we're in the present so then they start they start kissing. I mean, the past was 10 minutes ago, but go off. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, well, the past happened pretty recently. I, w- I would understand if they hadn't like hooked up in those seven years, but like now they're hooking up again. And it's like, that was like yesterday. I'm just like, the past was literally yesterday, but like, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm so bored of Varchi. Then Varchi's kissing again. Sure. Whatever. Like, I don't know. I, 
if you like Varchi, that's okay. It's just, I hope you understand why we're tired of it because we've had it for like a bajillion years and they've hardly ever strayed from it. Like, give me something new. I'm, I'm bored of all of these very predictable relationships. I like, wanted something yeah. new. Well, like, it'd be one thing if they were together for several years and it was like stuff happened in their relationship and they dealt with things together, but they don't. No. They just, it's don't. Yeah. To me, they have very little chemistry. They just chemistry. use each other as yeah. like a bank or a good oh, muscle. Man bad or like good place points yeah okay so basically betty and alice continue to like stuff envelopes with missing poly signs the phone rings and it's a collect call and betty answers it this time and it is actually polly um she's at a payphone somewhere she said that she ran away as fast as she could and she thinks she's on the lonely highway um betty tells her to call her back on her cell phone and they're gonna drive to her i assume they just like left the kids in the house like i understand why you can't just like call up a babysitter because you just don't have the time i'm just wondering if they left the kids i am at they probably I think they're probably fine, but I think they did. Archie lives next door. Oh, that's true. But he's but he's at uh he's at the firehouse. Fire hall. Oh. So she would have to ask Eric, but I would trust or, him. Or Jughead. Right. If he's there, yeah. Man, I was I the, I had a crumb ready to go. I yeah. was like, oh, she could just watch Art. I had a Scarchie to watch them. Yeah. Instead you accidentally got Bughead. Bonk. Or Barrick. The, so they so they get there and they find it and um it's the payphone is like knocked over with blood o- on it and it's like all over it like it seems like so smashed my guess ooh ooh i just came like, up it looks like someone drove into I, the poly ship. it looks like it i it's like it looks like someone ran into it and like the amount of blood that's on it is that like they ran into it while polly was still standing there yeah yeah like while she was in it and then hauled her out of it and like, well, she told her to call her back on her cell, but then they don't show her talking to Polly on her cell phone. Right. Like they would have kept her on the line. Yeah. What if she didn't have money so, for that? Well, that's why it's a collect call. Oh, I don't know how that works. Listen, I'm I'm old, but I'm also young in many ways. I don't freaking know what how these things work. Well, I've never sent a collect call, but from what I understand is like if you don't have the money, you can still call them and then like they can say yes or no whether they'll pay for it and it mm. like goes on their phone bill, basically. Huh. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think it's weird that, um, like, exactly what happened there. My guess is that Polly was standing there when the truck ran into her. And, like, because it's really banged up and there's a lot of blood. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's my guess. Uh, but, like, yikes. imagine it running into her and then they have to, like, haul her out of it, too? Because she's not there. Yeah. No, she's not. But she could be, like, in the bushes and they just haven't found her yet. Well, I guess we'll find out. Regardless, man, Polly's had a sad life. Yeah. All right. Guys, let's leave this in the past and move on to our segments. <laughs> let's do it. Thank goodness. So my first segment is which character needs a hug the most. Um, And this episode, I'm going to give it to a tie between Jughead and Fangs. All right. Good. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent selection there. And my segment is uh, what is Sam shipping the most? It's a tie between Jugatha and Barchi, I think. Yeah. Because I'm still hanging on to Barchi, obviously, but Jugatha finally convinced me that they're going to be cute. So, and you know, as soon as Jughead stops drinking, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to figure himself out yeah. first. So yeah, that's, that's my answer. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass. I maintain that this segment should just be about Tony. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, for sure. You're right. Thank you. And uh, my other segment is, uh, did anyone mention FP? No. No. They didn't. No. no. But um, I think that they should. In my heart, Alice is keeping him updated on uh, what's happening to Polly. On the tea? Yeah. On the tea. Yeah. I like it. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Cheryl and Veronica for Veto. That's breaking the rules. Call my lawyer, Cheryl. Call my lawyer, Cheryl. That was a good one. <laughs> Yeah. And mine goes to Bughead for those friggin' awkward highs. <laughs> hey. Hey. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like went back and I made Sam watch it again because I just thought it yeah. was so funny. It was funny. Yeah. Cole, honestly, funny. shout out to Cole and, and Lily for that moment because I, I got to say, um, one of the um, one of my specialties when I was in film school, like when I would write scripts, is that my main source of humor would be awkward, awkward silence. Yes. And so like this is my exact kind of joke. Um, is just like it being awkward and that's why it's funny. Agreed. My favorite line word goes to Alice for she was scared. Uh, she couldn't she couldn't see anything. She was being kept somewhere. It was dark. Everything was cold and smooth like metal. Quite frankly, it sounded like a spaceship. Yeah, quite frankly, it could have been a spaceship. Who's to say though? Could have been exactly it could have been a spaceship. Like it's probably yeah. not a spaceship, but I like theorizing that it might be a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, let's do the trailer. Have you guys seen it? No. No. It's very disappointing. Oh, oh cool. Okay. Yeah, it's straight up just Betty um, doing doing investigating. Um, there's nothing else. And that's kind of honestly exciting because that makes me think that they have something to hide. Right. The little blurb for it is, after the Bulldogs lose several football games, of which we see none of in the trailer, <laughs> Archie and Veronica come up with a plan to boost school spirit. Oh my God. Jughead turns his attention to a student who he thinks might need his help. Jughead, you need help. Oh my God, I bet I bet Britta's doing her best. Yeah. Betty seeks guidance from Cheryl after being faced with a difficult decision to make. Cheryl? Cheryl can't give anyone guidance. Right. Finally, Kevin is forced to face a dark moment from his past. Moose? Maybe. I don't know. Machen, Mark, Charles, Aaron, and Drew are also in it. All right. Cool. Great. Okay. Are you guys, yeah. do you guys have the trailer mm-hmm. up? Okay. Ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Someone is kidnapping, torturing, and murdering women. Like, quite frankly, it's literally just this. I think she's talking to Jughead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's the Mothman. Oh, yeah, because of the... No, okay. Yeah, that's the the full trailer. um, Um, They didn't tell me a lot there. Not a lot to get from that, to be honest. No. Yeah, so basically, Betty's sitting at her, like, vanity, looking at pictures and her um stuff and i agree that she's definitely talking to jughead because we see the mothman in the background and the person who she's talking to has like this brown sleeve and that's the color of jughead's um jacket i like how you can tell that it's um time jump jughead not only because of his weird mustache but because instead of blue now he has the exact same jacket but in brown (laughs) yes so sitting in there and she's got what is her Oh, I bet it says love, like on the on the on the wall, L O V E. I thought that I was like the E stands for Elizabeth, but does it say V? Veronica? That's cute. But I think it says love. Mm. She's just uh, sorry. She's not looking at her investigating. It looks like she's just looking at a picture of her and Polly together. It looks like it's weirdly photoshopped. Yeah. Well, but it, it's actually it's from that that uh, season one thing. Oh yeah. Oh right. Betty with a gun. It's mo- It's a lot of it is just um flashbacks to Polly running away mm-hmm. from the. And then a great shot of Lily. Yeah, there's got to be a reveal in in there somewhere. Truly not a lot of information in that one. Because they used some old footage in the trailer. Yeah. They're really hiding something. They're really hiding something. So that kind of makes me excited. I hope it's better than this episode because mm. I really didn't like it. That would be cool. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Students. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. And uh, even if you just want to do the little stars or or write a review wherever you listen to, to our podcast, that would be great. All right. Okay. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that whole franchise too. We've covered season one of Star Trek Picard and we have more on the way. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. <laughs> uh, Robin and I are currently covering season three through one. Yes, in that order. Mm-hmm. Because we've covered the bad seasons and we want to cover the good seasons. So we're doing that. Right. Um, our new podcasts do contain spoilers for all of 
um, the later seasons. So just be aware of that. If you want to listen to our episode by episode stuff, um, that starts in season four. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, we did all of season one, all of season two, and we are currently like in the midst of season three, which is really exciting. Um, uh, cause it's, ooh, I want to say like my second favorite season. So that's really exciting. And, uh, it's spoiler free. So if you want to watch with us for the first time, you can. Europe, it's on Disney Plus now. <laughs> um, everywhere else, it's on Amazon Prime and Hulu. So uh, you have no excuse. <laughs> nice. That had, that had a threatening aura. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, or if you'd like to be, like I suggested <laughs> yeah. earlier, uh, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, we've currently covered the first two seasons, and we are currently doing season three. It's a delight. Season three is my favorite, so I'm having a good time. Sure. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. I'm Robin Makes Gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. It's true, I do. Um, our Patreon, like I said before, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, yikes, it sure is expensive. Uh, we have a myriad of perks that are upcoming, and we hope that you join it. And we appreciate you. It's in the description if you're looking for it. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-N-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Our next episode is episode 509. Um, it's the second last episode before a big long hiatus, and it is called Destroyer. This movie looks dope. Destroyer is a 2018 American neo-noir crime drama film directed by Karen Kusama. It stars Nicole Kidman, Toby Kebbell, Tatiana Maslany, Scoot McNary, Bradley Whitford, and Sebastian Stan. Yes. Wait, I would watch that. I know. And follows a former undercover police officer who takes revenge against members of a gang years after her case was blown. So that sounds like it's a female-led crime film. So Yeah, so nice. I'm interested, to be honest with exactly. you. Sam is literally Googling it. Yeah, so um, that works out totally well with what ever Betty has got going on next episode. Dope. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Okay, love you. Bye.